Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Ida Zimbra, this is you talking talking heads to my talking head? What? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things talking heads. This is good. Rock and roll. Um, music? Hey! Welcome back to the show. This is our final episode, if you can believe it. Uh, episode, wow. I believe, 13. We... Managed to do 13 episodes. Um, this was uh, just a little podcast we were going to do to pass the time this summer while we were in quarantine, and it turned into a 13-episode a, a thing. Um, my name is Scott Ackerman, and I'm one of the hosts of You Talking Talking Heads to My Talking Head, and I have to introduce uh, my co-host. He's the man with the co-most. Uh, and the comb over uh, to hide his bald spot. Please welcome Adam Scott. Hey, everybody. Uh, so you know about my bald spot then? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you're not fooling anybody with that. I mean, if you watch Parks and Rec, I mean, it is just, it's really apparent. Really? See, yeah. I thought I had done a good job of combing over uh the uh, the bald uh, spot that takes so that takes up most of my head. Uh, it's not even really a spot. It's more. It's like uh, saying the 101 Dalmatians have uh, a few spots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh man, they have a lot. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Wait, is this an uh, is this an episode of you talking 101 Dalmatians to me? Yeah. Cruella de Vil, Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't stay, you no know evil thing will. From 1 to 101, Dalmatians that is, this is you talking 101 Dalmatians to me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things 101 Dalmatians. Look, we even talk about 102 Dalmatians. This is good doggy Disney cinema. This is Scott. And this is Scott. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. And uh, we're talking about the Dals. Oh, the oh, I love just a good <laughs> chunk of Dal. Especially at the holiday times. First of all, is 101 Dalmatians a Christmas movie? That's like asking, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Wait, is this, got- an episode of I- is this an episode of I Love Films? Yes. 
Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And on I Love Films, we like to ask questions that have never been asked before in the history of discussion of cinema. And today we got a hot one for you. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? See, I mean, it's crazy. People don't think of it as a Christmas movie. They think of it as like a big action extravaganza. And it came out in the summer, didn't it? It came but, out in the summer, but you know what? It's a Christmas movie. What's weird is it's set during Christmas, and Die Hard 2 is set during Christmas, too. And yeah. people don't know that. And Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie. Face it, folks. They're Let's both face Christmas it. movies. So is Batman Returns. That's a Christmas movie it's a as Christmas well. Christmas movie. So is Christmas Story. Christmas Story, it's a wonderful life. You wouldn't notice it. It's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Uh, guess what? It's a fucking Christmas movie. Uh, hello, Lethal Weapon. Hello, uh... Uh, 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 Godfather 2. Christmas. Godfather 2 is a Christmas movie. And uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Christmas movie. All Christmas movies. Santa Claus the movie. Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie. The Santa Claus. Fat Man is a Christmas movie. Fat Man is obviously a Christmas movie. So can, look, I can't think of a movie that's not a Christmas movie at this point. There are no movies that aren't Christmas movies. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Anyway, those dowels are awesome. I love dowels. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't stay, then no evil thing will. Couple good ones. Yeah, good apps. Couple two of good ones there. Two. That was a twofer. Um, why were we? Why, oh yeah, yeah. We're talking about your bald spot. Anyway, yeah. It's it's uh, plain as the uh, hair on your head, which is kind of uh, there's not a lot of it these days. If you know too what I mean. Too bad. Too bad. Too sad. So sad. Um, Adam, it's the holidays. Of course, we're a couple weeks out from that fat man coming down the chimney. I love this time of year. Um, I love chestnuts uh i love look i love cold chestnuts as much as the next guy but if you start roasting them on an open fire oh come on get out of town <laughs> seriously like get the that. fuck out of town i like to, will you get the fuck out of town right now get, get out leave, of town or i'm gonna murder you leave town now <laughs> i love curling up with uh by the fire with a good book and having the Christmas tree and, and I don't know about you, but yeah. this is something that is sort of, people don't really think of it. Uh, but I like, I like it and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone else, but I'm just going to say it. I like the smell of the Christmas tree. It reminds mm, me never of noticed Christmas. That. Yeah. I've all, I, I, I love the shape of it, the geometric conical shape of it. I love the shape of a tree, uh, it's particularly conical. a Christmas tree. It's a con- I love a conical shape. <laughs> I love sitting down next to the fire with a good book. Like uh, my favorite book is probably the mm, March two thousand one Hustler. It's a great. That's a great book. Just a Christmas morning, sitting down next yeah. to the fire <laughs> with a hustler. I like I waiting like, for my my family to come downstairs. <laughs> I like laying down in front of the fire with like a 
a game like a game of chess, but while I'm playing chess, I love reading Penthouse Forum <laughs> out loud <laughs> to out my loud nephews, to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got to learn these things. How else are they going to learn about you know these tropes of the pizza delivery guy and right the guy coming to. F- Fix, fix the plumbing or a the plumber, s- I guess you could call him the male stripper who gets the cl- the people who hired him so horny that they all take turns on him. There's a new neighbor, you know, wants to help help with their lifting stuff and bringing it into the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, some wonderful times. Oh, uh, we yeah. hope we hope that you're out there and you're having an okay holiday season. Obviously, 2020 has not been what we expected, but. Uh, I called um, it though. I called the whole thing. You did when in 2019? Yeah. What'd you say? It was I think it was our episode our last episode of last year. I said, "Well, do we have the tape on it? Do we have Oh, we yeah. Just- I can play the tape." Ah, <laughs> uh, Scott, this is great. It's great. I love that 2019's wrapping oh, up. I love that we're almost done, but I cannot wait for 2020. See, 2020 I know everyone's really excited, but I think we need to just cool our jets a little bit. You want cool jets? Why? Well, because I feel like the jets are just a little hot. And I feel like this coming year could be more trouble than we we expect. Okay. We'll have cool jets then. You think the jets are getting too hot? I think the jets are piping hot right now as far as expectations – for a kick-ass year. I think we need to just cool them a little bit. Maybe just dip them in ice water. All right, we can cool these jets. These jets are too hot. Okay, great. Thanks. So it's... It sounded to me on that clip that you were more concerned with the temperature of the jets. Well, I felt like in in general, the jets at the end of 19 were getting too warm. Too too warm. I guess that's primarily what I was concerned with. Yeah, I guess you're right. Were you talking about the football team, the Jets? Yeah. Uh, they were oh. all, I saw the a game, I guess it was in December, I saw a Jets game, and they all hmm. looked just piping hot, like they just <laughs> needed a rest. Because of all that that steam coming off of them? Yeah, there was steam coming off of them, and they were super sweaty. I was just like, what's going on with the Jets? Hmm, interesting. Um, well, in any case... Uh, you know, we hope that you've gotten your shopping done. We want to uh, say there's a bunch of stuff in the store. Uh, if you want to give a box set of all of our episodes, yeah. um, you uh, we've we've put them all on uh, 24 karat gold discs that we've turned into a necklace. Every episode limited is limited edition. Limited edition. It's uh, you can buy that at uh, who gives a fuck dot com. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and what, where did you say who gives a fuck dot com? I think. Yeah, yeah. We, you get we got that URL. Who gives a fuck.com. But remember, it's limited edition. We only pressed like 44,000 copies. Yeah. So uh, make sure to get one uh, as soon as you can because they're going to be gone. And uh, oh, what? anything else going on during the holidays for you? Well, I just, I love the holidays. I love just Christmas. You know, I love the sights and the smells. I love that Christmas tree, the shape of it. I love the conical shape of a Christmas tree. <laughs> what else is is conical like a Christmas tree is. You can't even say a pyramid is because a pyramid has sides. Yeah, no, a pyramid is not conical. I think that's, everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, I See, that's part of the reason I like the shape of a Christmas tree because there's nothing like it. 
It's unique. It's it's like a football. You can't say anything in the world is the shape of a football other than a football. Same thing for a Christmas tree. Yeah. You look at that shape and you're like, that's a fucking Christmas tree, bro. It's a fucking Christmas tree. Get the fuck out of my face. You ever go uh, 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 to one of those uh, parking lots where they sell those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that those part are beautiful. of Christmas too. They're beautiful even when the Christmas trees are gone. You know why? Because I love the smell. I know that's not like a- Asphalt. That people th- think of. I Asphalt. love the smell of, of parking lots. Yeah. The newly paint, uh, painted uh, parking spaces. You know, real talk though, I did get a, uh, a fake tree probably about six or seven years ago. And we just put that together every year. Yeah. Save so much time and money. What about, how do you get the smell though? Uh, just farts. <laughs> Christmas trees smell like farts, don't they? Yeah, that's the smell that I love. Is <laughs> they smell well, like farts. you know, it couldn't and wouldn't, in fact, be uh, the holiday season if we didn't go to the uh, Wikipedia page for fart and play the sound on it. <laughs> just want to make sure. That- is that the only... Sound they have is a as a. It's the only sound example. on any Wikipedia page. <laughs> They're like, we got to make sure we put this on a Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, every time you play it, a word comes up and it says prout. <laughs> yeah, p r o u t. No idea why. They uh, uh, derived terms include vaginal flatulence, otherwise known as a queef. <laughs> Oh, God, they put that on the Wikipedia page? Yeah, they do. But they have no sound effect for that, unfortunately. Um, but wow, it is... That really is unfortunate. <laughs> I should say, by the way, Adam, we are talking about the record Naked today, the final Talking Heads album. And we have a guest. We have um, we have a guest. She is a friend of, uh, uh, of ours um, who has a... Look, an IMDb page as long as uh, uh, you know your your penis. You know, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's long, baby. She's done Freaks and Geeks, <laughs> Cougar Town, Dawson's Creek, Busy Tonight, so many shows. Busy Phillips, I yeah, I love Busy. Busy, I I think I can call Busy a good friend. She's a terrific person. So funny and just the coolest. She's. Great. I call her an acquaintance. Oh, wow! But uh, 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 so good, and and you know, from the uh, 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 thrilling adventure hour show, we did several oh, shows yeah. together She's there. Great. She's great, and she is a big fan of uh, Talking Heads and Mr. Burns. So uh, we're going to be talking about the final record, Nicket. You know, what? I'm Busy. glad. I know she was maybe going to come on the show. Uh, early on, but I'm glad we got her for the final episode. Yeah, just under the wire. Just under the wire. Do you remember Bird on a Wire, the Mel Gibson Goldie Hawn? Fuck uh, yeah, movie? I do. What a pairing. Is this an episode of I Love Films? I think it is. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about great films here on I Love Films, including, and not necessarily limited to, Bird on a Wire. Ah, what a great film. I remember when Bird on a Wire came out, summer of 89. Uh, 
It was such a big deal. And it was like the blockbuster of the year. It was huge. Oh, people are still talking about Bird on a Wire. Bird on a Wire. John Badham, great director. More like John uh, Goodham. Yeah, exactly. I mean, great films. Uh, great Nick films. of Time, another great John Badham. Mm, so movie. good. Everyone loves Nick of Time. You know, on I Love Films, we like to talk about subject matter that has never been discussed before. Yeah. And I have a question for you, Adam, and yeah. no one has ever thought of this question. Can you name any movie adaptation of a book that's better than the book? Has anyone ever posed that question before? No, I, I no one ever has because people just don't think of it that they way. They don't even they think, think of it that the way. The book is always better than the movie. But, but I was watching what? Jaws the other day, you know, yeah, the super that's big a guy. Example. Yeah. That's better than the book. I'm so glad that you said it. Um, because I feel like if I said it, I would just get murdered. But oh, it is better than the book. You know what else? The Godfather. Better than the book. You're right. It, you're you're right. It's better. There is this weird part in have you ever read The Godfather? No. There's a weird hold like chapter you read I think the Godfather. With, yeah, with one of the <laughs> the uh the, the the wife of one of the gangsters, I can't remember who it is, has a like an extra large vagina. Really? It's very strange. <laughs> it's a very weird book. Um now that book was huge, but it was more. It was like an airport novel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is and like, so is Chaz the super big guy. Yeah, is uh, Godfather like a good book or is it no. just sort of? Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, so and what that, about Chaz the super big guy? Super big guy again. A terrible piece of uh, kind of genre uh, fiction that uh, is structured very weird. And that and reading both of those um, by the fire the other night, that's what led me to realize that sometimes a movie is better than a book, but we wouldn't even think that because movies are based on books and these books are classic pieces of literature. So yeah. how could the movie ever compare? But sometimes it happens. Yeah. It's really, really crazy, but it happened. Look, it happened yeah. twice. And then other than that, uh, did it happen? Has it ever happened? Um, I think... Pulp Fiction's probably better than the book. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars is probably better than the book. Um, I think The Great Dictator is probably better than the book. Mein yeah. Kampf is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and I think Borat. um, Borat's, it's kind of up in the air to me. I think because that book is really good. Because it delves yeah. into the whole socio-political climate of Kazakhstan, and right. it gives you a lot of background that the movie doesn't really give you, you know. But it's really yeah. But they don't have time; they can't like go into every single. Well, that's the thing. When you read a great book, oh my god, you can get lost in it and just spend days, if not weeks, if not months, if not years, if not decades, if not centuries, reading a book. Sometimes I like to take a month and just read the same. Sentence over and over, over right? a particularly over and over. A particularly well constructed sentence. I, from a my great favorite writer. sentence in any book by a great writer: "The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog." See, I could read that sentence for two months, <laughs> over and over. Also, <laughs> another great sentence: "It was the best of times. It was the worst of times." I read oh. that sentence for three months. Three months, just. Because it's so good. Read it for an hour straight, going back 
That's right. At, at, whenever you see the, the uh, usually there's a little dot at the end of the sentence, and that's the period, and that tells you the sentence is over. Right. Once you see that period, that's a good time to go back to the first capital letter, which is usually where the uh, the start of the sentence is, unless you're reading E.E. E. Cummings, am I right? Yeah, there's not much punctuation there, but that was part of his style. He also did lowercase, yeah. I think was mainly what I was talking about. But um, I see. In, in any case, yeah, just read it over and over for an hour, take an hour break, and then read it over and over for the next 22 hours. And that's a day. Yeah, and then do that like 60 more times, and then you've read it for two months, and you can move on to the next sentence. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? What a life of life. I can't wait to retire so I can do that. Anyway, uh, the E.E. E. E. Cummings, that movie, uh, I forget which book of his it was. It was way better than the book. It was way better. Anyway, this is I Love Film. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Pretty good. Two Fs yeah, and one. Was, that was really good. Good to hear from those guys twice. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll hear from them again. Maybe, although this might be their last episodes. That's true. Adam, are we ever going to do another show after this one, or is this it? That's a good question. Uh, we, I know everyone has sent us suggestions, usually based on the title more than them wanting to hear us talk <laughs> about a band. Yeah. Um, but if there's, if there's anyone whose discography you want us to break down, let us know. Um, obviously, What's the one you get, you get suggested the most often, pe- would you say? People talk about Radiohead, but I think that would be kind of boring. Um, I know, me too. Radiohead is the one. And but I, I think, think, it would I think be boring. People, people with an interesting story is interesting, like Prince or David Bowie would be interesting. Yeah. But part of the issue is, is you need to be relatively familiar with the records and you uh, because you don't want to do any homework, right? Yeah, I, I think Tom Petty would be a good one because Tom Petty actually has a cool story. I just uh, watched that uh, four-hour doc about Tom Petty. Yeah, the Bogdanovich. And, uh, Bogdanovich one, yeah. And uh, did you see my Instagram? I posted... No. <laughs> there's two... Cl- I posted two clips. Uh, let me let me uh, uh, see if I can play them here on... Uh, in Is fact, it, let uh, me... I, him being interviewed? Well, it's two of his band members being interviewed. Hold on one second and I'll find it. Uh, and the, the music, like there are so many great Tom Petty records. Yes. Like Jesus Christ. Um, Tom Petty's great. Okay, here are the two clips that I played um, from the Tom Petty uh, documentary. Here's the first one. Somebody said, what are you doing next year? And I said, well... Nothing. I said, he said, well, you know, you want to come out on the road and play with us? And I said, well, I'd love to. Okay, and here's the second clip. On a couple of tracks on the last DJ. I remember on one of the last nights, Tom just asking me, you know, what was I doing that summer? And I go, nothing, brother. You know, and he asked me if I, you know, want to go out and do some gigs. So the moral of this story is if Tom Petty ever asks you, what are you doing next summer? You got to say nothing. And then he'll offer you a job. Then, then you'll be on the road. Both, <laughs> both incredible stories that they incredible got out of those stories. guys. <laughs> it's just I was watching, and both of them said the exact same thing. Tom Why said, "What are you doing next summer?" I said, "Nothing." <laughs> he said, "Do you want to come out and play?" I said, "Yes." Oh boy. Ah, uh, 
I mean, there's a little more to it than that in the sense of one of the guys replaced their longtime drummer, and that was how he found out he was the replacement. And then the other guy oh, was Stan there. Lynch. The other guy was their bassist who came back after a long hiatus, and that's how he got to be the regular bassist again. But I just thought those stories you were get, You so- start getting a sense of why it's four hours long <laughs> when you hear stuff like that. I will say I remember that because I called it being the Tom Petty fan that I was, I, re- I remember when Into the Great Wide Open came out and they were doing press. They were on the cover of Rolling Stone and Stan Lynch in the interview of the Rolling Stone cover story talked shit about the album and called, um, what's that one song on Into the Great Wide Open that sounds a lot like Free Fallen? Um, Might be into the great for way all open. for all the wrong reasons. Oh, okay. He called it refallen. Oh, interesting. And you I was like, s- I was like, this dude's gonna get fucking kicked out of the band. <laughs> yeah, you can't say stuff like that. <laughs> and so, just then shut he, up and take your paycheck. Yeah, exactly. And he did get. I think it was like the next. I think they did the song on the best of. They did Mary Jane's Last Dance, and that was the last thing he ever. And then did he was gone. Him. Yeah. Then he was gone. Um, but, uh, that's a little preview if we end up, uh, doing a petty, uh, podcast. God, that is pet cast. You know, uh, Mark Marin had Mike Campbell on just the other day. Uh, one of the, uh, only white guys to, uh, decide that dreads were, uh, a look that worked for him. (laughs) Yeah. Him and Counting Crows, Adam Duritz. Well, that, send us your suggestions. And, uh, remember, it's gotta be something that Adam, has listened to and knows because he doesn't want to listen to anything new. That's not true. I would do, I, I know David Bowie. Uh, I guess Prince, like really diving into Prince records from like after the late 80s would be. Well, his discography gets to be very so messy much. once he leaves Warner Brothers. That's the thing. You could do a, you could do a, a Warner Brothers from uh, uh, 78 to 91 or 92 or 93, maybe, is his last Warner Brothers. Th- those are his hits years. I mean, he that has- seems manageable. He only had that. one hit after he left, and that was The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. And uh, then hits dried up for him. Um, so and it was he, like and he's, Cream and stuff. Was that still Warner Brothers? Yeah, yeah. That was, Cream was a, a 92. That yeah. was, uh, yeah. That was on Diamonds and Pearls. His, 91, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that like all, his Warner Brothers years, yeah, we could do because uh, he put out probably ten records. Anyway, I don't know why we're looking to do another show. I don't want to spend any more time with you. I know me neither. <laughs> Are you sick of me? <laughs> no, I'm not. And uh, I've ended up having a lot more time here uh, in New York than I. Than yeah. I thought I would. Well, this is it's it really has been a. Um, uh, 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 you know, we, we decide to spend our time entertaining America and ourselves, I guess ourselves more than America, but probably uh, the but ratio it, is more yeah. <laughs> leaning towards us at this. But point. we've enjoyed doing this show. This sounds like it should be our, our final segment, but it's our first segment, but, uh, yeah. we do need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to have busy Phillips will be with us and we're going to be talking about naked. And then after that, we are going to rank our Talking Heads records, you're going to see what our least favorite is to our favorite, and we are going to wrap up the Talking Heads story, all of that and more, all in a supersized episode. Uh, we are going to be right back with more You Talking Talking Heads to My Talking Head. Well, we know we'll be right back. Where we're going, but we don't know where we've been, and we know what we're 
life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. And today we are talking about the album Naked. And we have a very special guest, Adam, and this is uh, exciting to me, at least, if not you. Well, it can be exciting to both of us. Sure, but I'm saying that I know that it's exciting to me, but I have no idea if it's exciting to you, as uh, we have not talked about this as of yet. It's exciting to me. (laughs) Get off my dick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, note taken, note taken, I will not be on your dick. Uh, she is, uh, regretting that she's doing the show. (laughs) She's a wonderful actress. Although, uh, uh, last time I talked to her, she said she was retired. So I don't know, but, uh, uh, she's a, an internet personality, an Instagram star, a talk show host. Uh, I would imagine she probably has a podcast. Uh, and, uh, look, she's famous and that's what we look for in a guest. Because it's all if we, were, we care about. If we were talking to some no-name asshole, who would give a shit, right? But she has uh, not only a name, but two names that I know of. Uh, probably a third as well, uh, which I don't know. Uh, please welcome to the show, Busy Phillips. Hello. Hello. Hi. Do you have that third name? Do you have a middle you know, one? Here's the thing. Do you know, you know my like given name is Elizabeth? That's so, right. We right? talked about this on the show where I tried to get. Uh, I, I believe your Wikipedia was adjusted since you were on Comedy Bang Bang because I asked you. I asked you point blank because there was a dispute on your Wikipedia about who gave you that name. Oh, and the you, babysitter. You clear- Yes, the babysitter versus, or your or versus your mom, and you cleared wow. it up for us, and so now I believe I'm on your Wikipedia page as oh my God, a source. Amazing. Okay, so yeah, so Elizabeth Jean Phillips is my full given name. Sorry about the sirens. Wait, I can't close the door. It's just that, guys, it's New York. Is that a recording you're playing? No. <laughs> yeah, why do you but, have a sound effects record playing in the background? Just, um, <laughs> no, but I have the windows open because. Um, we the, we cleaned and it's December. It's hot as hell in New York. I got to tell you something. It is weirdly balmy. It is. I took a walk today. It's uh, balmy outside. God, this (laughs) is is podcasting. It's balmy. And I took a walk today. Jesus Um, Christ. Interesting. But but I feel like Jean sounds weird with busy. It sounds like Billy Jean. Oh, Busy Jean. Yeah. Billy Jean uh, uh, sung by disgraced uh, singer Michael Jackson. Or Billy Jean King. Right. Oh, that's right. We could just go there. I mean, I just. I don't love the way it sounds together. So I think that if it's busy, it should just, it's just busy Phillips. Do you ever and think then, you might pull a John Cougar Mellencamp and just be Elizabeth Jean no, Phillips at some point? No, no, I tried the last time I tried, I was in first grade to be Elizabeth Phillips. How did I tried go? to be Elizabeth. It did not go great. So you came to kindergarten as busy. Yes. The most interesting name that everyone would remember. And you were yes. like, got to change this. I thought that first grade, no, we moved to Arizona for first grade. And I thought like. Just like King Tut. Yeah. And I. Born in Babylon, <laughs> moved to Arizona. It's very similar. And I thought, well, I'm a grown up kid now. I'm going into first grade. And so I should be called. I won't. I won't. Because you always also, if you have a nickname, Scott, you wouldn't know this, Adam. I had guys. a nickname in college, yeah. but go ahead. 
What was your nickname in college? Uh, I asked people to call me Jackson, kind of as a joke, um, and uh, but made people do it for two years. <laughs> Fresh, starting freshman year, or starting in the middle of col- the, it college? It was acting. It was an acting school I went to, uh, so it was a two-year program. Okay, because there was this guy in my college at Loyola Marymount University who, like, junior year decided he wanted to go. His name was Kevin, and junior year he was <laughs> like, "I actually want to go by my middle name, Matt," but. Matt? Matt. But then no one could remember. Like the thing you put outside your door? So, yeah. So so he just became Kevin Matt because you couldn't. (laughs) Or Matt Kevin, depending on who you were talking to. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think Kevin's Kevin's are weird, aren't they? People named Kevin? Listen. Always. Yeah. It's just a weird name to want to going from one totally middle of the road white guy name to another. Kevin to Matt. Yeah, it's a lateral move. Kevin to Matt. Um, Yeah. Well, I went Elizabeth to busy. Whoa, Kevin Kevin just came on the Zoom (laughs) flipping off his middle fuck finger to us. The bird. Kev. The bird. Now, busy, wait, your babysitter came up with the nickname because you were so busy? Scott, my goal in life is to be on every single podcast that you have <laughs> Explaining tell this, this exact Just check story. her Wikipedia, Adam. I got the scoop Adam, on this already. Adam, Scott's podcast. Also, Wait, me neither, but including listen. Including this one. What? <laughs> I do, you know, I do enjoy uh, talking heads and David Burns so much, but. Um, so you made an exception of being on my shows <laughs> as because you love them so much. <laughs> I just, I love, I love David Byrne so much. So, so much. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about it. I okay. Mean, I'll check well, Wikipedia then, I guess is what's yeah, happening. You're yes. Have to, yeah. Please. Okay. Right. Let's stop wasting our time, Adam. I can't wait. wait. <laughs> this show is not about wasting time. It's about getting down to biz. You're right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we, we need to talk about this busy. You're obviously, uh, you, you, uh, uh, started as an actress. You were on such incredible shows such as freaks and geeks and Dawson's Creek from geeks to freaks as I, uh, to creeks, as I once said, you did say that one time. Geeks yes. to freaks to creeks. <laughs> yes. The first time Scott and I met I, in person, I was like salty with him because he was like, I hosted a TV show about, freaks and geeks and like I, you know we've had everybody on the cast has been on the show and i was like you didn't ask me to be on the show do you, you remember know, that i backstage at Largo, no, and you're like oh. no we would love to have you on the show and oh, i was like no. oh are, well, you, are you still doing the show and you're like no it's i think it's, it's we're done no but, but to be fair they were interstitials that ifc was giving me in order to test me as a host <laughs> to give me a real tv show and we had Judd Apatow, and that was it, I believe. No, um, you said you, I swear to God, at Largo, you were like, yeah, we're like talking to everybody in the in the cast and the thing. And I was like, what? No, you never I, maybe, came to me. Well, maybe, I think so maybe one way or the did. other, Scott was bullshitting. <laughs> Probably, but like also, I just didn't know him at all personally. And I was just like, right. what the, what? All right. Well, what, I, think, I think what it was, was I think, I think that the... Freaks and Geeks had just been sold to IFC for syndication. That's right. That and is so correct. I, so IFC wanted me to do these like uh, 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 interstitials and uh, interviewing the people, like going in and out. And then they told me who would do it. They were like, "Okay, we have Judd Apatow doing it. We have Seth and Rogen Paul doing it. And, yeah, yeah. And, or Paul, who? Paul, who was doing? Paul oh, Feig. Did, did Feig do it? I don't even I remember. It was so long ago. I barely even remember. I remember. <laughs> No, um, I can't believe no, you remember this. I just remember it because it was the first time I met you, and I felt and I felt like it made I an was impression. Dissing. 
I felt okay. I felt dissed, but then I was like, do I care? You know what I mean? Hmm. But not in a bad, not Obviously in a way. You do. Like, no, no, no. Of course. But Scott, I feel slighted literally by everything always. Well, that's that is true. just and then, like I and then enter I, every I do have to say like I asked you to do the comedy bang bang television show and you never got back to me. So No, I I did do No, I tried to, but this I couldn't do it. Don't it was the Christmas actors, one, I remember. Don't all actors always feel slighted by <laughs> Stop everything. trying to mediate Absolutely this. Everything. This is between me and Busy Adam. But also You know what I Sorry, what? go ahead. No, you I, I, I'm just going to doesn't have this. anything to do with what you're talking about, but I'm jealous of your microphone. It looks like so much more fun than this. Like you get to hold it like you're hosting match game. Yeah. Adam obviously uh, was was the peacemaker in his family, always trying to break up fights <laughs> just by changing, changing the, the subject. subject. <laughs> I like that, though. I appreciate it. I was kind of the peacemaker myself. But now well, in the fight. I, I tell you, every time I, I'm not going to say what particular episode of Comedy Bang Bang it was that I wanted you for because uh, uh, I I don't like to uh, insult another actor who did a fine job. But every time I watch that episode, I'm like, God, Busy would have been so good in this. Was I was it the I one was, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I, well, I feel like I remember what it was. I feel like we. I really wanted to do it, and I was so excited yeah, I'm sure to do it. I'm sure you were. You were busy doing uh, whatever, whatever. Whatever you were doing, doing back in that. the in the in the early 2010s. <laughs> I think it was early Coon to Town mid 2010s. Was it really? Okay. Well, this leads me into my question, Busy, is is you've done all of those acting roles. Yeah. You then uh, segued into having a very popular Instagram feed, which then mm-hmm. gave you a an incredible talk show. You were a groundbreaking a talk show, a book deal. I mean, you have so much going on. It just leads me to wonder, what was the first time you heard of Talking Heads? Mm, I mean, definitely MTV, early 80s. Like MTV was always on in my house, so the vi- mm. so the videos. It was probably what was your electric bill like? I don't know, I don't know, but I do know that we did not have a VHS player. We had Beta, mm, Beta. and then yeah. yeah, and then my dad felt real burned by that Beta machine. Oh and man! And so then he was real cagey about technology after that. So would he always wait? He wouldn't be a first adopter. He would always no. kind of wait. Is he a yeah. first responder? No, he was not. He's an engineer. Okay. Oh, okay. I uh, bought an so HD he, DVD player. Yeah, instead of a DVD player. Would no, you, instead what, of Blu-ray. Oh, instead of Blu-ray, right? What about oh. uh, what about uh, iPhones? Did he did he wait a uh, good you know five years on those? Or? I don't think my dad has an iPhone. Really? No. Yeah, I don't. Th- I'm pretty sure he does. I'm almost positive my father has just like a flip phone, cell phone. Well, it makes sense. I mean, the iPhone technology, we're still not sure if that's going to catch on or not. <laughs> it might not. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it might not. Um, so, so MTV is always on. So you saw, mm-hmm. do you remember the first video that you saw? It was probably once in a lifetime. Probably was. Yeah, that was, yeah. Their, that was probably their big. Uh, I feel like it was probably that. But then Choreographed by Tony Basil. But yeah, and the gray suit, like I just remember like obviously the gray suit, that feels imprinted on anyone in Generation X, any Gen Xers, the gray suit is like, remember like a couple of years ago, Rihanna wore an oversized gray suit and I was like, it's the gray suit. Yeah, it's coming back. (laughs) It's coming back. She's been raiding Um, his closet. But like all of, all of like, yeah, I mean, this must be the place and I don't know, all of those songs, they were, but I wasn't like. Like in the, I'll just be on, you know, 
I wasn't like a fan <laughs> of Talking Heads or David Byrne. Even in the 90s, I was like, you know, I was listening to like garbage, basically. The band Garbage. The band, literally the band Garbage. <laughs> yeah. I loved Which it. Which is great. So you were listening to great music. So what was it that got you? Because you're currently, like the past few years, you've been like obsessed with David Byrne. So what was it that kind of turned the corner? For what you? flipped the switch for you? Well, actually, I want to say 14 years ago, when Mark and I started dating oh 15 years ago 15 mm -hmm. years ago mm -hmm. when mark and i started dating like a, one of the earliest dates we went on was to the hollywood bowl to see arcade fire mm -hmm. who were opening for david byrne interesting cool concert yes yes and so at that point i was not david like Byrne's playing the hollywood bowl in 2005 yeah Crazy. Yes. And actually, I think that he because I saw him around like at that, uh, uh, what's that, uh, the L Ray, like around that. So it's crazy that he could, you know, what it, Arcade Fire. Well, I bet. Yeah, I guess. No, so. but you know what? It was like right when Arcade Fire came out. And I think that I bet you anything, it was like one of those KCRW shows. Oh, yeah. Which where it's like, you guys, yeah, it's like the yeah, radio a station. It's a buyout. Bands. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. like, it's not purely um, David Byrne, like, going, hey, I'm going to play the Hollywood Bowl now. Whee! I don't know. Well, I feel like it was kind of. Wait, listen. So so that show was wild. So Mark, because he was trying to impress me, bought tickets that were just too close. Like, you know, you guys have been to the Hollywood Bowl. And you know how they have, like, the pool area? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's guys for at home. If you don't know the Hollywood Bowl... You should. No, but... Um, but they're, they're, that's, they're like sort the of a pit. pit. It's like yeah. the mosh pit. But for certain, June 27th, 2005, David Byrne and Arcade Fire at the Hollywood Bowl, guys. I just Googled Does it say it. KCRW or anything like that? Mm, no. No, I remember this tour and it was a big deal because Arcade Fire were breaking. And, yeah. And Arcade Fire yeah. opened and Byrne teamed up with them on his set. This is from brooklynvegan.com, guys. Oh. Anyway, uh, I'm multitasking. So Mark got us these tickets in the pool wasn't used as like a mosh pit for this show. It was they had they had Folding tables chairs, and right? seats. Oh, did they, no. oh, they have tables actually? They in, had in tables the pool? and seats. This was 2005, Scott. So Oh, we back were, when tables and seats were invented. <laughs> <laughs> so we were on we were just like right in the front, right next to that part where people can walk around, you know? Yeah, the, uh, the there's like a circular barrier uh, in between the pit and the uh, tables and stuff that are the, and, and the boxes that people sit in. And there's a there's kind of a little wall. It's the barrier. And occasionally occasionally you'll see a performer like run around on the wall, you know, mm -hmm. and kind of like Harry Connick Jr. I saw there once like dancing around that wall behind yeah. uh, behind people and stuff. That's shaking his move. His butt. Yeah, shaking um. his little butt and going like, <laughs> hey, everyone, I'm Harry Connick Jr. Check out my little butt. So the reason why I bring all of this up, we were just very close. And Arcade Fire went on and it was incredible, like so amazing. And I'm not good at remembering people's names, but you know, the brother, like when 
Butler's There's Wynn Butler brother. and yeah, and then uh, uh, Jerry Butler. No, what's his name? No, but his brother's in the band, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Gerard that was Butler? the f- Gerard Butler. Yes, Gerard Butler. Adam. Yes, that was the first night that he joined the band. He had really? just graduated from college and had and was like, and they like did this whole thing about him joining the band that, and that was the first show wow. that he played and it was so cool and then crazy you know i i was at the uh first show that uh will butler is his name by the way thanks kevin uh i was at the first show that, that gwen stefani did with no doubt when she was like 15 no or 16 yeah where at this uh uh f- tiny club in uh orange county is that where, where you're they- from you're from orange county yeah 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 so I, I was I was seeing Fishbone, and then they opened for right Fishbone, and uh, everyone and and her brother was the leader of the band, and he was right. like, "Hey, my sister's going to sing a song, some songs with us." Was it amazing? Did it feel uh, electric? She, you know what? She had an interesting voice back then. Okay. It's All a right. R- rave review. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So David Byrne played. Yeah. I was already like so into it, and then David Byrne came out, and I was I just felt totally in love and all the songs that like I kind of had remembered that were in, had been imprinted on me as a young person child in the 80s you know he played all the hits it was incredible and I just was mesmerized by him but he also brought out this wild marching band called the extra action marching band to huh. jam with him and it was this this you know marching band of misfits like um just wild like was it sort of like the jim rose sideshow circus kind of of marching bands in a way yes exactly and they went out all around the pit so we were like right there and as this one marching band member was coming toward us like basically they're on top of us i was like oh my is that this is 2000 i have to say again this is 2005 i was like oh my god wait what and she was free bleeding down both of her legs. She was wearing like a, ch- a band uniform kind of, they were all wearing like kind of fucked up band uniforms with like held together by safety pins and whatever. And she was free bleeding down her legs, which was something I didn't know existed or was a thing. And then, and also at that, in that moment, I was like, oh, it's an accident. Like she's not Mm. trying to bleed down her legs. Mm -hmm. But now I know what free bleeding is. And I'm sure that she was because they were very fucking punk rock. And anyway, it was just like a very, it had a that show had a major impression on me in 2005. Wow. And then I got way back into David Byrne. So then when. So, uh, so let, let me start yeah. to interject. But now that your husband doesn't want to impress you anymore, where are your seats now when you go see a show? Well, Adam knows my husband. Well, um, he I, just wants- I, I see him at Tender Greens often. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that soup, Scott. He yeah, loves, guys are both he loves big, the soup. Big TG guys. <laughs> Back when Tender Greens was open, I would see him all the time. And yeah. I would sit down and talk to him for a while. So I, yeah. I, know, him. I know him just well, as well as Adam. I know what you mean, though, Busy, about being too close. Like there's you would think it's just a thrill, but there's times when you're so close, you don't get the scope of the show. You don't get what the show is supposed to look and feel like because you're so close. You have no perspective. And it's like embarrassing because you're so close. You, they yeah. can see everything you do. You yeah. can yes. see everything You feel like you have do. to be on your best behavior. Like yeah. When, like when the National played the Hollywood Bowl, we were sitting where you were sitting. 
And it's like, you got it. You, you feel like you can't even go to the bathroom. Cause like, you know, they're looking right at you, you know, to check your, to check, you know, Hey, how we doing? You know, yes. after every, every song, they look in your eye and go, Oh, what do you think? Yeah. Was it, are we, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. It was, and it's too intimate. And also like the sound is never the best when you're that yeah, close. No, like yeah. you really want to be by the soundboard, you know, what you want to um, be is between Haim and Rashida essentially, which is, which is where <laughs> Adam and I were for our vampire weekend. That's exactly where you want to be. No, but Mark, <laughs> Mark enjoys um, having, you know, being comfortable, but also, and having good view. Mark, Mark is a, person that enjoys music and like yes mark music, so mark wants to be on the show and i keep saying like yeah you should be on the show somehow you're have, on we sh- <laughs> we should have had mark on the re we'll have him on in the rem one when we do yeah he's more, he's, he's, he's very REM into rem yeah yeah that's I mainly know. mainly he wanted to be on the rem one i was yeah. like oh yeah well, we should do an episode but not going along uh or not not a lot going on in the rem camp right now um mark rem is to mark what tori Amos is to me and we both feel the same about and what Mark the is to other Tori band. Amos. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's a big I, circle. I like REM enough. Like it's fine. But I like sometimes I'm just like, can it just not be? Yeah, cool up. Cool up does not uh, <laughs> especially with how much I had to listen to them for our previous sister show. Uh, and now anytime they come on, she's just like, change it. Yeah, I would say. I would say around 2005 and that same era that you saw David Byrne, that was around the time Naomi said, I've had enough REM. Like maybe you can do, <laughs> do that on your own time. Right? There's like three <laughs> REM songs that I will not skip forward for when they come on. Shiny happy people. Mark's, no, no. Uh, strange Stand. currency. Oh, strange yeah. currency. Oh, beautiful song. Great. Strange song. currency. Z- Z- is it three? Is it Z- Yeah, and you're supposed to say okay. it like that with the <laughs> currency, like a beat later. <laughs> oh my god! Though, but wait, you guys. Once, oh, this is so weird. But a really long time ago, Michelle, my best friend Michelle Williams, the actress, not the singer, um, had a birthday party and it, here in New York, and I had flown in for it, and. I mean, this is a really long time ago. And that day we had been down in Soho, like walking around and shopping and we ran into Michael Stipe Mm -hmm. and his, I think it was his boyfriend at the time. And, uh, and he was like talking to her like really intensely and quietly and like, you know, Michael Stipe. And I was truly though, whether or not you're a fan, like it's iconic, you know what I mean? Like it's fucking Michael Stipe. So I was just sort of like losing my shit silently. And then she was like, well, it's actually my birthday. So my best friend Busy came in um, to town and he looked at me and he was like, oh, hello, like it's nice to be, whatever. So quiet, the two of them talking, so quiet. And, uh, and then he was like, it's your birthday though. And then just sang happy birthday to her. Like super quietly, like in her ear, in the gentlest way, and then sang it in French. It was wild. Wow. Crazy. I mean, put him jumping out of a birthday cake and turn him into Marilyn Monroe and sing to JFK. (laughs) And now you got something. Anyway, that's my Michael Stipe story. Um, Incredible. That's really cool. I can't think of any other REM songs that I don't. I mean, I like Night Swimming because that's like from the 90s when I was in high school. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, we're not here to talk about REM necessarily. Oh, we're right, here right, to right. talk about Talking Heads. So ever wait, since that Hollywood Bowl show. But wait, I, I have to tell you. So 
after American Utopia, which I got to see twice, I think. Oh, you did? Twice on Broadway or twice once on Broadway. Twice on cable? Okay, great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> the, I think the cable show turned out beautiful, though, by yeah. the way, for people who... I saw it at Coachella. I saw the right. show at yes, Coachella. Yes, I saw the Coachella, but uh, but not there in person. I saw it on the live stream. Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw the Coachella show and I was very high. <laughs> But what do you I mean? did enjoy I did enjoy it. And then I saw it on Broadway twice. And we got to go back afterwards because the stage manager recognized me from some I whatever, guys. I had like from we freaks mut- to geeks to creeps. No, no, no. Literally, like um, we had a mutual friend. Mm, and mutual. um yeah, I mean, whatever. Anyway, so they took us back up and I was like, oh my God, am I gonna meet David Byrne? This is too, too much. I don't know if I can handle this. And then he came out and it was like, there was like small people. It was definitely like just his friends and people they knew and people from the band, whatever. And so then finally, like, I don't know how we sort of got our moment with David Byrne, but we did. And I told him about that show. It was, he was very David Byrne. And I was like, yeah, actually, uh, you know, this is the third time I've seen this show, but I just, you know, whatever. And I, we actually, one of our first dates was to the Hollywood Bowl show where you had this merging band and there was this like girl free bleeding. I went for it. And he <laughs> wow. like, in the beginning of just meeting us, it was like very, um, Perfunctory. Transa- yeah, I was going right. to say transactional and like what you do and I get it. And I've been there. But as soon as I mentioned that he like lit up and then was like, that was, can I, t- that was the wildest thing. Oh man, you were at that show. So I didn't know how wild those guys were. And I think the Hollywood bowl was really mad at me for bringing them. Cause they just rolled up in this bus. They did not smell good. And <laughs> it was like, and he just Smelled got like super, blood. <laughs> you just got super excited to talk about it. And then wow. I left and I felt like I really, I really nailed That's it. That's so cool. Now, were I they, were they part of the entire tour or did he bring them out just for that like show at the I Hollywood I think it was Bowl? just for the ball show. Wow. I enjoy that, that time when you're meeting someone and it's almost obligatory because a friend is uh, introducing you or something and then a, a switch flips where where they start actually enjoying the conversation that happened to, uh, with me at a party with Timothy Oliphant, where my friend introduced me to him and he was just sort of like, oh, hi. And I said, hey, you know what? Uh, you used to do the sports and I used to do the morning show on Indy 1031. And he just a switch flipped and he like got really into talking about Indy 1031 and and talked to me for 25 minutes about it very intensely. And I was like, oh boy, wow. he You know, but that that time when someone like, suddenly is interested in talking to you. It's, it's hardly ever happened to me. And with Adam, he's like <laughs> fucking with his microphone right now, barely Adam, even listening. Adam, has it ever so. happened to you? Never. Where you've been interested in what I'm saying? I don't. I have no idea what he's talking about. Someone <laughs> acting like they're interested in a conversation. It's true, though. Like, especially like famous people who are doing meet and greets or whatever. Yeah. Like, you do want to be able to have the thing where you can connect with them. And honestly, well, happened, that was it, all I had. It happened to us uh, with Fitch. On our sister show, Analyze Fish, Adam. Remember when we went backstage and talked to them, and they didn't care? <laughs> no, I think they. I think uh, they were actually interested in talking to us because we had that show about them. They, I, okay. What I remember being backstage <laughs> at the Fish show was them being super nice, but and not, me being obnoxious. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
<laughs> and me yeah. tape recording them and doing an interview with them back, like a mid-show interview. What do yeah. you guys have planned for the second half? <laughs> yeah, but you were being cool and asking funny questions and stuff, but I don't remember them being like, ooh, wow, I need to dig I think in they were. these guys. Oh, I think at least okay. the, the bass player was. It was a while ago. Um, it was. Um, but similarly, that happened at the Hollywood Bowl where where things like this just happen when you're uh, invited backstage, when you are either a celebrity or with a celebrity, as I happen to be. You know what? Be. I feel like the second U2 interview was. Yes, where they actually, the first one was all nerves. And the second one, they were like, hey, guys, what's up? And yeah. we're, and you guys were friends then. And now you're friends we were with buddies. Too. Best friends. Yeah. Larry yeah. made us T-shirts. Oh, it's so nice. Um, so you, uh, so, so you became, uh, sort of a, a Mr. Burns super fan and mm-hmm. you, uh, would mm-hmm. go see him. You saw the show. Um, and what would you say, uh, did you go back and, and re listen yeah. to all of the talking heads records? Yeah. So then, it, so then there, there's been just a process over many years of revisiting. This is a multi-year process. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Like first kind of just the hits, then some deeper cuts. And then, and I mean, I'm not in any way, you know, I'm not, I don't have my own podcast about it. You know what I mean? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a period that you kind of. Speaking of free bleeding. (laughs) Is there, is there a a phase of Talking Heads career (laughs) that you are particularly fond of or an album? I mean, I do love, I do love Naive Melody. This must be the place, obviously. But you know what's interesting about like this album, which is weird. It's their last one to, as a band, right? Yeah, it's a weird yes. album. It's a weird album. Yeah. I think it feels like where he was going as a solo in the artist. future. Well, let's not talk about that oh. album yet because okay. we have to get to it. But uh, <laughs> any, Scott, <laughs> I, I just want to rein you in because this show has a structure, even though it's hard to believe <laughs> that mean, we know what we're doing. Stick to the structure. <laughs> stick to the script. <laughs> um, stick to the structure. All right, so we we need to take a break, uh, but when we come back, we are going to be talking about that album that Busy is chomping at the bits to talk about love it naked we are going to be right microphone like busy's we'll be also during the break adam will be investigating where he gets a microphone like busy's apparently we will be right back with more you talking talking heads my talking head after this life is a highway and on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. We're here with Busy Phillips. And today we are talking about the album Naked, the final Talking Heads album. Let's go through some stats on this. Came out March 15th, 1988. March 15th, 1988. Adam, did you get this when it came out? (laughs) Yeah, I remember being super excited and getting uh, getting the tape. 
of it. Oh, you got the tape. Did it have I the extra the song tape. on it that that uh, the CD had or no? Saxon violins. No, Saxon violins is the 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 reissue bonus track. Bonus. The, uh, the uh, the actual uh, album had uh, oh yeah it was on the cassette as well but it had uh, the uh, Bill the song Bill was a cassette oh, and CD I don't know. exclusive I don't remember um, but it was on the cassette yeah so okay so I um, guess I did I have a very clear memory of buying the album the day it came out at the yeah. record store across the street and then uh, I went to the Orange County High School of the Arts where. I went to my regular high school from 8 a.m. till noon, and then I ate lunch, and then I went to the School of the Arts from 2 to, like, you know, 11 or whatever. And I remember I got I got the record right out of uh, when my first high school closed, and I took it to a Shakey's um, <laughs> where I couldn't listen to it because I didn't have a CD player in my car. But I took it, and I opened it up, and I read the credits, and I read the lyrics. And all oh, that. yeah. So I, rem- I remember being at a Shakey's in Los Alamitos. <laughs> Um, I remember uh, he, bringing it to school and like looking at it with my friends because it had really cool art. Yeah. And all the lyrics and stuff. Yeah. So uh, let, let's talk about the, just the story of this busy. We like to talk about the talking head story. So I, let's just yeah. talk about uh, exactly how this happened. So uh, on our, the last album was true stories, um, right. which Mr. Burns directed the movie of thought it was going to be a big hit. Uh, neither the album nor the movie did, uh, really well at all. So, um, in fact, uh, Chris Farts in his book, he talks about how, uh, he and Tina went to go see true stories in a theater and, uh, he's, he writes that everyone walked out in the middle of it. Oh my <laughs> so God. by the end, only he and Tina <laughs> were the only ones who were left. <laughs> oh God. Not a great sign. Good slam. No. Um, but, uh, Mr. Burns calls calls them up and says like, Hey, I want to do another record. And they're all surprised because they thought that maybe he wasn't ever going to want to do another record with them. So they're all like, yeah, let's do it. He doesn't have any songs written. Unlike the last two records, true stories and uh, little creatures. He had a bunch of songs written for it, but he uh-huh. had nothing. He wanted to go back to the jamming style that they did on remain in light and uh, other stuff where they would jam first and then, then figure out the songs from the jams. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other thing is, is Mr. Burns tells Chris Farts, he just says like, hey, I don't want you to play in a rock and roll style. And he doesn't say what style he wants Chris to play in. And so Chris kind of goes like, well, I'll, I'll use brushes. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so, so he decides to use brushes on this record. I don't know whether he does on every song, but uh, that, that was how their relationship was going. Um, the band does basic tracks and grooves in New York City, and then they go to Paris to record this. So they, this yeah. was recorded in the City of Lights. Busy ever been to the City of Lights? I have. I have, in fact, been there. You ever go to the top of the, uh, 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 what do they call it? The Empire State Bill? What is that? The Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. No, I have not. How far you go up it? I don't remember. Well, the last time I was in Paris was... Uh, a couple of years ago, Michelle, my aforementioned best friend, Michelle mm-hmm. Williams, um, had a deal with like Louis Vuitton and there was a fashion show and she gets like, it's this whole thing is so crazy. She gets to like bring someone and they pay for you to fly like first class. It's the nicest. Wow. It was like the nicest thing that's ever. So I went there for 
three days. It was a whirlwind. Incredible. Of like, my, my best friend is, uh, his name's Joe and he's a plumber. Is that true? So I get invited over to people's houses to, to like clean their shit out. Is he really? Is he really a plumber? Joe the plumber, yeah, <laughs> from the 2008 <laughs> yeah. presidential yeah, election. You remember? Yeah, he's my best friend. I love him. Um, cool reach. <laughs> oh my god, I fucking forgot about Joe the plumber. <laughs> Don't forget I, about Joe the plumber. I only just recall it because I'm reading that Obama book, and he just. Oh my god! Does Obama like, have a whole chapter in his book about Joe the about plumber? It. He does talk about it. For I wonder a if while. he reached out to Joe the plumber to say, "Hey, oh well, uh, you're in my book." <laughs> so they go to Paris and they they jam out. Steve Lillywhite is the producer. Um and they pick Steve Lillywhite instead of producing it themselves because he actually because they had been talking to Paul McGinnis, who's the uh manager of U2. Wait a minute. Is this an episode of You Talking U2 to me? Sure. From boy to boots, getting them out, that is. This is You Talking You 2 to me, the comprehensive encyclopedic compendium of all things U2. This is good rock and roll uh, music. And uh, we're talking about, uh, welcome to the show, by the way. This is Scott, and we have- And this is Scott. We have a special guest. Special guest on You Talking You 2 to me today. Busy Phillips is here with us. Hi. Hello. Do you like the band thanks you for doing the show? Yeah, you know, thanks for doing the show. I was so mad about that one album that showed up on my phone. <laughs> You're one of them. And I'm one of those people. That's where our my Were you really mad about it or was, or was like it just like annoyed. internet mad? No, yeah, I wasn't. Did you I feel like I you had to be mad. I didn't express my anger on the internet for it because I don't like to disparage anyone else's art. But you know that. how you know how pe- uh, I guess when I say internet mad, I mean like the internet gets us mad about things that we don't necessarily yeah. need to be mad at. I was I was annoyed. I was eye rolly annoyed. Also, I'm not great at knowing how to do stuff like getting things removed from did my you, library. Did you ever give it a listen though, or were you just like, "Fuck this! I'm not even going to listen." I think I did listen to it. <laughs> it's good, and it's good. You know That's what? It, it was a deeply obnoxious thing to do uh, to sure. just force everyone to have an album it should have just been free and anyone could have gotten it but instead they had to go the extra mile they had to go the extra mile and and force you to have it on your phone something that's because then it's not it's not a gift you know what i mean if it was like we would like to give you this gift so if you just go and click on it it's yours free yes that's a gift but to right. force me to have it, that's an act well, of that's aggression. All oh, that's Chris- a microaggression. All Christmas <laughs> gifts are like this, though, because, because you don't get the opportunity when you get a Christmas gift and it's under your tree to be like, oh, no, thank you. Like, you, have to, you have to open it and be like, oh, cool, and then deal with it on your own time. So it's a lot like every Christmas gift you've ever gotten. So you, too, was Santa Claus. Yeah. You, too, is essentially Santa Claus. Wait, I have to close the story. But also, Adam, did you fi- have you found that, like, having your kids be gracious gift receivers is one of the hardest things that you had to teach. Cause I did. Yeah. Like yeah. when they get a gift that sucks from like someone, yep. they have to pretend like they Just like it. Smile and thank you and say, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. I thank I will, you. I will tell you it's something cool up didn't learn until <laughs> probably five <laughs> years into our relationship. <laughs> really? I, I didn't realize like I had no idea busy and you can tell me if this is. Yeah. The truth, but I had no idea that getting a purse for your girlfriend was like the worst thing you can do because 
I not one meaning not one they picked out because right. I just bought a person. I thought it looked cool. And it was like, I guess in her mind, the ugliest thing she'd ever seen. Yeah. And, she's, and she and she let me know it. Like immediately. Immediately. Yeah. And then and then my parents also bought her a purse like two years later and she let them know it immediately. Oh my like, God, that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, that is actually really and funny. I, for her. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I didn't know purses were a thing that are like so personal that I, I guess I have no taste in purses or whatever. Is that it's what it is? It's kind of a thing. I mean, Mark got me a, this Gucci purse a couple of years ago for my birthday that I love, but... He also did ask my stylist, Carla, to help. Well, yeah. Now, Cool Up will let me know. Like, I got her a purse, I think, from Gucci in Paris when we went to Paris. And she loves it. And it's her favorite. But it's like, now I have to clear all purse purchases through her before, beforehand. I think that's a good thing yeah. to do. I yeah. think also, you know what else? If I've had, like, uh, my friend Jenny's husband, Richard, has texted me and said, hey, do you think Jenny would like this or this? And I'm like, oh, definitely. That's good. Yeah. See, I didn't know. Either one of those, that's, that's get her this. To, either yeah. that or just ask her. Like now, you know, after you're together well, thought, for a while. I thought at the, time, it was, at the time when we first started going out, it was like, oh, well, I want to surprise her with gifts, you know? So I saw like a purse in Nordstrom that's or something. Nice. It was like, oh, that's this is nice in my mind. In her mind, it was right. the ugliest thing she'd seen in her life. What did Kulop say to your parents when she opened the ugly purse? <laughs> she was just like, "Oh no, this isn't this isn't good." <laughs> Something to that effect. And I was like, rude. "Don't love be that. rude to my parents." No, I love that she has boundaries. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's learned. She has learned now. I think she wouldn't mind me telling the story because I'm sure she tells stories about me on her show, Add to Cart, which is uh, where all podcasts are sold these days. Um, so, okay, so uh, we're talking about you two, and you two had a manager, Paul McGinnis, who uh, they were uh, when Talking Heads were making the album Naked. Um, you two was making, uh, I believe, uh, rattle they must have been rattle and hum, or maybe they were, they were just finishing Joshua tree when they first started talking to Paul McGinnis about this. And they were complaining about guess who, Adam, Brian, Eno, the producer, fucking old sourpuss, Brian, Eno. Paul McGinnis complaining about it, you know, and saying, you guys know how it is to deal with them. Uh, we just can't deal with them. So we're going to do what we always do. We're going to call Steve Lillywhite to come in and fix this shit. Mm -hmm. And so that made them say, Story well, we should is old as time. <laughs> yep. We should get Steve Lillywhite to produce our record. So uh, anyway, that's our episode. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Good app. Yeah, that was that was good really to, good, good. Good to hear from those guys again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go it to gave Paris. me an opportunity to untangle my cords. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the listeners. That, that was a good opportunity yeah, exactly. for them to untangle their <laughs> earphone cords. So they're in Paris. One funny story that happens uh is um they're talking to Fela Kuti who uh says, Oh, I have a great guitarist who should be on your record. And so this guy, they're waiting for this guitarist named So. And this guy shows up to the studio and they say, oh, are you the guitarist? And the guy goes, yeah, yeah. And they go, well, where's your guitar? He goes, I didn't bring one. And they're like, oh, okay, well, here, use ours. And they start playing the song they're playing and this guy is like jamming along with them. 
and he's not playing the right chords and nothing he's playing matches. <laughs> and they stop the, like this. They stop the song and they go, hey, dude, like nothing you're playing is matching what we're playing. WTF, bro. Yeah, WTF, lock the gates. And he goes, well, why don't you change what you're playing? And they go, what? He goes, I'm playing something good. Change your music to fit what I'm doing. They're like, what? Then in walks this guy with a guitar. And this is the the real guitarist. And they're like, oh, wait, you're you're so you're the guitar. You're fellow cooties guitarist. And he goes, yeah, yeah. They go, dude, who are you? And he's a delivery guy, right? No. And they go, they go, okay, well, you, they say to the real guitarist, you come on in. And the guy goes, no, I couldn't take the, uh, someone else's job. Sorry. And so he leaves. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Wait, they never. What? He leaves because he doesn't want to take the job of another guitarist. He's like too polite. That's weird. So what happened to the delivery guy? <laughs> the delivery. Yeah, he's all over the all over the album. Is he really? <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. You didn't use anything of his. Uh, Wait, that is so dumb, though, that the yes. guy would leave. <laughs> he's just polite. Um, a couple of other guests we have. We have Johnny Marr from the Smiths, and boy, when I heard he was playing on the record, I was so excited because the you Smiths, and Mark both the Smiths had broken up, and I wanted Johnny Marr to land with a good band, and so he started playing. What does he do again? He plays guitar on Nothing But Flowers. Um, Which is my favorite song. song. On that and then uh, Kirsty McCall, who is Steve Lillywhite's wife, uh, the late Kirsty McCall, she uh, sings backups and she's great. Um, and then uh, they go back to NYC and Mr. Burns writes lyrics. They add horns from those SNL people. David, uh, Mr. Burns, by the way, says he hated Paris and it was the worst time of his life. <laughs> what? How can you hate Paris? <laughs> yeah. So it comes out and it uh well let's let's hear uh the record now. Uh we're gonna hear this track by track busy and mm-hmm. um let's listen to the first track on this. This is Blind mm-hmm. by Talking Heads from the album Naked. <laughs> busy yeah i mean i think you do get a sense of like where david byrne is going i don't it's like a little bit this first song i'm like well 
I don't know. I, I love the song, and, and I think I think it was great in American Utopia, a great uh, part of American Utopia. You know what? Um, American Utopia made me love this song like so much more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think, Busy, what you're talking about is sort of the problem with the whole album in a way. Is It, it sounds like a Mr. Burns solo record. Like, Tina's turns down. Right. <laughs> you don't... And it sounds like a bunch of guest musicians, you know? Right, it feels right. That's what I was gonna say. It sounds like studio a yeah. studio sesh. And it doesn't then, sound like true a true talking heads. And record. yeah, and then David Byrne is like, What's my sound about to be? But I'm gonna at do the a thing. time we didn't know what his solo career was gonna be. Yeah. So And at the time I was listening knew. to Grunge. <laughs> for all we knew, this was a, t- a new direction for Talking Heads. Right, right, right. That's fair. That's fair. Back, but looking back, you're right. Like it, it seems like they're just kind of going along with his. And by this point, it was sort of. It wasn't really a democracy anymore. And no, he, was he, had, he had done he had done the song on the Something Wild soundtrack, uh, "Crazy for Love," which had these kind of lat- right. Latin rhythms, and so you could tell this was something he was very interested That's in. Right. But it it doesn't sound like a Talking Heads record at all. But do you think is that what he meant when he was like, "I don't want this to sound like a rock album"? Maybe he had just do- done two records of sort of Americana uh, right. rock, you know, and so I think he wanted to do something a little more exotic. It is cool um, that it sounds so different than true stories. Yes. And this and look, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to just lay it all out there first song in. I like four of the songs on this record and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And this is one of them. I think the horns sound amazing. American Utopia did make me like I can't not think of of that, that stage direction when I hear yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was really so great. good. It's so good. I swear I thought I saw the guy with the red hair from American Utopia on the street the other day. Oh, I bet you probably did. Yeah, you probably did. He he, he, he talked about it in an interview I, I read about him. Seeing busy He's on like, the street? He, I, he goes, I go out on the street all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Wait, Billy. Guys, on, a, on another note. Does David Byrne still live in the city or does he live somewhere else, like Connecticut? Yeah, I think he does. He bikes around all the time, I think. You can see him uh, around. Do you think he still lives downtown or do you think he has moved somewhere uptown? I saw him on his bike the other day. What? No, I didn't. (laughs) He He has an office. I did read an interview with him. He has an office downtown. Interesting. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> you seem to take it. You, I mean, you raised an eyebrow, long I, pause, and then mm-hmm. you said interesting. So I think it, it that really. David Byrne could get it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, okay. Well, wh- you know, that's really what you, it comes down to. Is honestly, yeah. yes. It do you is. have do you have a hall pass with Mark where David Byrne is is at the top or? I mean, no. I but you know. I'm a person who lives my own life, Scott, you know, like. <laughs> so you don't need a hall pass. I just mean, saying? I just mean, we all have to make our choices in life. Oh, you see. know what I mean? I once was with a famous guy eating dinner and uh, a, 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 a woman I knew, a woman I knew came up to our table purely just to talk to him and let him know that he, he was her hall pass and basically said like, we could do this right now. <laughs> who was it? Oh my God. John Hamm. I, I bet it was. was John Hamm. No, it was not John Hamm. It definitely was not John Hamm. It was uh, someone different. Okay. Let's go to track two. Uh, this is Mr. Jones by Talking Heads. 
Busy, what do you think? I mean, to me, that part right there always has sounded like um, like a musical. Oh, interesting. Uh, like, yeah. that, it, that it was that it was like written for yes, right. For like the you stage. see, like like Mr. Like, Burns uh, and and yeah, the rest Mr. of the Talking Heads in sailor outfits, and they're yeah, like, exactly like that. This is dancing their, with Tom and Jerry. Yeah, this is their this is their musical number. Interesting. Like, I don't know why. I think well, the horns sound amazing. Uh, this is one of the songs I like. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like this song. But does it not sound like it could be in a musical? It does, yes. Maybe they should do a jukebox musical of Talking Head songs who are like, Fuck, okay, yes, let's should. see. So well, they just did. Basically, basically what? there's like American Utopia? Yeah. No, but I mean a, juke, a jukebox musical where they have to construct a story like the around Green the Day lyrics. One. Yeah, and, yeah. Or the or the Alanis Morissette. Did you one. go so, see the Green Day one when it was? No, but was, I heard it was great. It was awesome. Did you see that, Scott? I didn't see it. No, it was. I, I saw I saw them on Letterman, and the dancing was so obnoxious to me. The chore the choreography style where they were doing like kind of broken like grunge dancing they were they were like going for it and doing all the pirouettes and all that but they were doing it sort of bent to the side to be like oh i don't care like 90s <laughs> yeah you you have to like let go of any any feelings of that that you have and just no i don't if, if you're, you're not dead. my dad well if i was your father i would make you let i'd go of those love feelings. for you to be my father by the way I would love for Adam to be my dad too. I, you're Honestly, a great dad. You're a you're great, a great dad. dad. I was I can, thinking about that recently. We can take like a weekend, and you guys can just be my kids. I would. Love that. <laughs> I would just literally love that. Like. <laughs> All right, let's go to track three. This is totally nude. Whoa! By Talking Heads. Busy. I mean, I like this song. Uh, I always have enjoyed it. Um, I wonder, though, if it sounds like a Talking Heads song again. This is again where I'm like, right? I I think if the whole album were were these kind of like fun pop songs that the first three songs are, it would be. It would feel more like a Talking Heads record, maybe, but it but but the way it's mixed does not feel like a Talking Heads record. 
it, it truly sounds like Mr. Burns with guest musicians. Why do you guys call him Mr. Burns? Good question. Isn't that his name? Uh, yeah, because that's his name. You, you, you know what the drummer's name is, right? Um, it's the guy. Chris Farts. Right, Chris Farts. And then Tina. I know By it's the Tina. Way, Tina. What? What's Tina's last name, Scott? Very mouth. Very mouth. You know, um, we should say that Chris Farts, because he wrote a book that came out while we were doing this podcast, <laughs> and we've talked about it a lot. We should take time to point out that he's incredible. And we have given the book a lot of shit and called him Chris Farts it's <laughs> for France. several months. Is it France? How do you say it? Is it really? Do you know. say Farts. It it's pronounced. It's pronounced Farts? It's no. France. <laughs> we on. Uh, Never mind. We, All right. Okay. Like, so, okay. I so, can't. So, I'm sorry. No, what I was going to say okay. is. This song sounds more like Talking Heads than the previous two to me, just because it's so like right. has these pretty melodies, has and, a great chorus, yeah, it has okay. interesting lyrics. I like I think. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like this song a lot. My friend had a uh, an aversion to the word nude, so when this oh. album came out, he was like, "I just can't with this song." But I like. Oh. Was he a never nude? <laughs> Saying it, yes. I'm a totally nude. Really? Yeah. You're, I'm a how naked often person. are you nude? Did you put on clothes just for this? No, no, no. I was out earlier. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but what do you mean you're a totally nude? I don't know. What like, I'm is. a person like I don't I don't care. Like, I will I will get naked in front of people. Like, I don't care. Uh-huh. At, post having children. Right. And like, I just who cares? Also, sort like, by the way, the window. it goes out the window. But like, also, like, I've been in a very small bathing suit in front of people. But like, what's the fucking difference? Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't no. know. I just have no, I have no like body stuff. That's like, I wish more women felt the way that you feel. I do too. Cause I think that women hold on to a lot of fucking shame about their bodies. That's like unnecessary. So what? My stomach is all stretched out from having two babies. And like, I don't yes. give a fuck. Who gives a shit? We're all just I, human not beings. Not me, Scott. We're all human beings and human beings are essentially disgusting. And once yes. we can, you know what I say? That. I say, not only are we human beings, we're humans being. All right. I don't like it. Anyway, Sorry, let's move on. This is track four. This is Ruby Deer by Talking Heads. The Bo Diddley beat. <laughs> it's about to happen. Don't you hear? Let it not be ready. 
Adam, you know, I I thought that I liked this a lot less than I do listening to it now. I think it's one that I... Because other than these four, the next song and the previous three, three yeah. I basically listen to them a few times and then I, I think they're all kind of indistinguishable from an, one yeah, another. I don't I don't like but it. But this one's this one's a, better than the rest, I think. But yeah, it's they, still, it, this is front it's a front loaded record where the yeah. side one is pretty good, right. but I, I still don't really like this one song. It's a skipper for me. It's a yeah, skipper. It's not, but that's that the others are like, Gilligan's. This is a skipper. The <laughs> chorus is kind of like soaring and good. It's just not it's just not great. The next one is next one is, is my a, movie star. An SCC is Stone Cold Classic. Um, what would you say? It's a movie star. Well, yeah. If it's Skipper and Gilligan, then this. One's oh, the yeah. Movie this star. is yes, this is the movie star. <laughs> the rest are the Professor and Marianne <laughs> and the rest. Here we go. This is nothing but flowers by a band called Talking Heads. It's weird that you would have a song this good, and then three that are almost as good starting the album and then the rest be so just so boring yeah yeah it's boring is what it is and maybe that's a result of only he doing the songwriting and and no well this was all based out of jams though i i just feel like no one's heart was in it i don't know but this is so great this is so good and this might be johnny marr here oh it is johnny marr now you said Tina that. was turned down uh, in the mix. She's she's really low in my opinion. Talking Heads was like a funk-based band where the bass is pretty loud. Yeah, and and she's just kind of like a regular rock band mix. This was a great video too. Oh, I don't know the video. None of the videos, by the way, really hit MTV. Yeah, like they they were a big MTV band where the previous two records, they played the shit out of the videos. And yeah. I don't remember ever seeing the videos for, for these songs. The I remember seeing changing. this one, but having to wait around for it and hope that it would come on rather than, you know. It really did feel like they had broken up. Like, like it didn't seem like Talking Heads were a pressing concern. No. And and I think that's because, you know, the last record, at least there was a movie coming out, but they weren't touring. They seemed to hate each other. It really felt like this was the swan song. And so the music press mm-hmm. didn't really pay that much of attention to it. And they did break up soon after. They just didn't announce it for a few years, right? Actually, it's a little bit different. We'll talk if about that. Great chorus. This, by the way, is one of those songs where I feel like Mr. Burns did a lot of thought about the lyrics because they're so clever and so yeah. interesting and tells a, tells a, you know, an incredible kind of post-apocalyptic story with a great worldview. And uh, the, the rest of the songs sound kind of like afterthoughts in a way, but mm-hmm. especially the next one where it's so on the nose and 
uninteresting. Let's hear the next one. This is the Democratic Circus. And boy, this reminds me of uh, a little town called Washington, D.C., where the circus uh, g- g- tent pulled up uh, back in seventeen. Uh, 17- hundreds and just never left the clown car the clowns were there and and um this is democratic there's so many metaphors with the circus that you could come up with flash strong man is the you know the military (laughs) yeah the the lion tamer is the uh, speaker of the house (laughs) yeah the yeah the the majority whip Oh, that's good. Because he, he has I'm a whip. Down. Write that down. Okay, I'm writing it down. When are we going to release write it? Down. Write when it are we going to release this musical we're writing about <laughs> the, the circus and politics? Uh, four years. Next uh, presidential yeah. Oh, cycle. yeah. Yeah, it'll definitely be prime time then. God, you guys, I wonder how this election is going to be settled. I wonder who's going to end up winning. <laughs> it's uh, By the time this comes out. Jury's still out. I mean, I saw wow. our go. president yesterday talking about how they're still definitely going to win. So who knows, you know? This is the uh, first track on side two, by the way, if you're getting it as a record. They really like, this is basically a one-sided album. This is an EP, essentially. Maybe it should have been an EP. Why not? Right. I wonder if what that moment I guess is. You, I guess you pay twice as much. I don't know, but like as a band, I wonder if there's a moment where you're like listening and you fucking know, and you're like, that it's over. There are four songs that are salvageable here. Well, you know, good. I bet they do, but at the time, it's like, well, fuck, we have to put something out. Yeah, I will say George Harrison says this is one of their uh, most underrated records. He, I think, he likes it. Well, and what Harrison says. I mean, he was a Beatles, so he should know. You guys doing a talking Beatles next? Well, I mean, we already... imagine how insufferable that would be? (laughs) I'm the worst. (laughs) A couple old white guys talking about the Beatles. Do we need another podcast about that? This is bad enough. This gets... This song gets really unpleasant. I just Can you skip forward? Where oh, you want me to like, skip forward? Okay, yeah, yeah, just it gets real. Like, I'm about to hear. It's when the like electric, crunchy guitar comes in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The camera flash. Gives a shit. Dot com. Yeah, I don't like it. Cares. Um, wait, can I talk about real fast? Nothing yeah. but flowers. Yeah, please. In yeah. regards to the global pandemic, I. Like most people in the beginning of the shutdown, the first time around, whatever, like kind of started to lose my shit. And then somebody, Liz Kukowski, my friend Liz Kukowski was like, you're not going on drives. And I'm like, what do you fucking mean? And she's like, oh, yeah, I get in my car and I drive for like an hour, you know, go home. You know, I was like, no, I didn't know that was. Pull Mitt Romney, put the dog on the roof. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't really know that that was on like the Obama <laughs> the t- campaigns. <laughs> what is happening? Are why. you is it? Are you just reading that book? No, I'm what? not. I don't know why I am I'm... reading the book. And he's going through all these things I've been reading about. I mean, also Mitt, not Mitt Romney, just like, shh, go away. You know what? I, I just watched that that Netflix documentary again. Uh, um, 
Oh remember that when that came out? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, finish your point. Busy. My point being that I was like, you know, like a lot of people I think were having, I was having like kind of almost like not disassociative, but like just like. Yeah, mind, it was rough. It was a, it was a mind fuck. Yeah, it's a whole and, paradigm shift. Yes, a whole paradigm. Thank you, Scott. And uh, I went on a drive and. In your nothing, car? In my car, uh, nothing but flowers <laughs> came on, and I started to just have this like whole thing. Like I was like sobbing, listening to this song, and wow. then I just put it on repeat, and then just kept driving around, like past Petty Cash on Beverly, all boarded up, and like oh, no, you know, not like Petty Cash, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, the lot. No, but just like everything was so like, is this it? Is this, this is, is it, it actually happening? This is right. it. Like this song was prescient, and like we're living in this moment now that David, Mister Byrne predicted. Yeah. No, I'm going to say Mister Byrne. <laughs> okay, because I'm not. I'm not on the podcast, guys. I'm just visiting for a minute. <laughs> oh, but anyway, no, this is, you're you're a permanent. Yeah, you're a permanent. Oh, this is our oh, final really? episode, but you're oh. you're a permanent. <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks, yeah. guys. Um, but anyway, it just became we then need to change after the artwork, that put your picture on it. Oh, that'd be great. I appreciate yeah. it. It became like the song for the at least the first part of the yeah. pandemic for me, like the shutdown. And then I, I've like so now every time I hear it, I think of that. Like those That's feelings cool. and that. Early. What did you think about when you just heard it with Adam and I talking over it constantly? Well, that was difficult for me, but um, <laughs> not quite as profound. <laughs> not, no, I but didn't see the tears really, streaming down your face for some reason. It was really, it is really wild. Like if you listen to it in that context, like driving around. Oh I mean, yeah, was, totally. You know, like yeah. every no one was on the streets, and I was just like, not even Billy. Not even really? that red-haired guy from American Utopia. No, no and one. Was he on loves the it out in these streets. He's out in the streets. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, hear. We got to breeze through these next tracks. This is the facts of life, and this is, um, I believe, track seven, and this is by Talking Heads. Ugh, listen Ugh. to this. God damn it! Makes me mad listening to this. Are you fast forwarding? No, this is how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's a good criticism. It sounds like a song on Fast Forward. Oh, God. I, hate I remember this being memorable just because he says pubic hair. Yeah, yes, I hate hot. it so much. I remember fast forwarding and for my friends and being like, listen to what he says. <laughs> but like, where is the lyrics... And the aforementioned, my favorite song, Nothing But Flowers, are so smart. And yeah, I know. This is literally monkey see and monkey do, making babies, eating food, smelly things, pubic hair, words of love. And I mean, what the I fuck? Know. And the previous so Democratic lame. Circus is just as bad. Also too, bad. Those, those lyrics. It's really yeah. weird. It's lazy. It's weird. Maybe he was distracted by... You know, the Michael Dukakis campaign starting up. Maybe he was distracted by how much he hated Paris. <laughs> it was that photo of Michael Dukakis in the in the tank with the helmet on. <laughs> yeah, it was probably it got him too, too distracted. <laughs> who, did, our, who is Michael Dukakis? Bush senior? He went yeah. up against uh, George H.W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. that was the first time I ever term? voted. First one. No, he only did. He only had one term. 
He Bush is he a one-termer. Yeah, yeah. Clinton beat him the second time. Clinton he ran. beat him. Right, right, right. Yeah. Guys. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't get to vote. I didn't vote the first time I voted was Al ninety six Gore. Oh, 2000? Really? Yeah. Mine first was ninety two. Mine was eighty eight. You guys, why are you so old? Uh, I don't Your know. first was two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm probably... June. I'm June twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess I mean, it makes sense. Well, it does, guys. It makes sense. I guess it does. I don't know that it does. Yeah, because <laughs> you were just shy of being able to vote yes, in 96. Yeah. Right. I uh, for always have voted. Feel very well, We want to make sure that, that everyone votes next month in Georgia, uh, unless you're going to oh vote God. for the idiots and then stay home. I got nervous last night because we were Zooming with Mark's family's, his aunt and uncle are in Georgia and they are, historically speaking, Republicans. Hmm. The I party didn't of Lincoln. I did the thing. I didn't bring it up. Good. Um, no, it's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to bring it up well, at Thanksgiving. You know, but we don't even know who the president's going to be yet. Yeah, so. that's a good point. You know, it's all <laughs> up in the air. You know what I felt like? I felt like it's not my family. And Mark yeah. should be the one that brings it up. Yeah, you only married into it. All know? they have to do is stay home. That's all they have to do. That's all he needs to convince them to do is to stay home. Yeah. Like he should he should change the date on their phones or and their computers somehow. I'll text remotely. his cousin who's the daughter. If he just if he comes up with a some sort of story to be like, hey, you know, I I, I read a newspaper article about some some virus on your computer. Can you give me remote access to your computer? And then he changes all the dates on it this seems so like that they think plan. that it's 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 Tuesday and it happens to be Wednesday. This is the way to do it. I don't know how anyone could vote for that. Anyway, whatever. Okay, fine. Um, Purdue is the fucking well, more like both. Perdon't and Kelly Donfer. They're both no. The woman is <laughs> terrible. I mean, she's awful. She's awful. Anyway, speaking but of awful, I like them both very much. They're yes, both. no, they're amazing. <laughs> speaking of awful, here's uh, four more songs by Talking Heads on this record. This is "Mommy, Daddy, You, and I." I can't. <laughs> I mean, this whole side of this album is it's just bummer town. It's so weird. Like, why wouldn't they spread it out? I wonder what the if the album would just suck too much if it probably. I think, especially what? with CDs, you want all your good songs at the beginning because yeah. people will stop listening. Yeah, at about true. you know twenty minutes in anyway because they're they've gotten to wherever they're going to go. Like, let's just run through. Let's skip through these. Okay, next is Big Daddy. This is based on the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> this is Big Daddy. Oh, this is at least a little up-tempo. A little up-tempo. But I don't think it's good, though. You got that Midnight I Run mean, harmonica. <laughs> the lyrics are outrageous. <laughs> like Lionel Richie. He just said shop twice. (laughs) Why not? She likes to visit Sears. (laughs) Better yet, call them by their real name, Sears and Roebuck. This one's not as objectionable as the other. I agree. No, it's an actual (laughs) song. But I still don't like it. Okay, this is the bonus track. 
So this is, closes out the album officially. No, no, no. This, no. this next one is the bonus track on the CD and cassette. This is Bill. That's what I mean, but without the bonus track, that would have been no. the last song. Big Daddy. No, no. Oh. <laughs> There's one more song after this. Oh, so this is not the bonus track? This is the... Fuck. It's Adam, just in a weird fucking place, kill you. Adam. They just put it... They felt they Cool Water would be the, the good closer on both uh, the vinyl the and... bonus track between... Second to last. Yes, second to last. They, they Abby minored it. Ooh, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? You guys... What? What's Abby Minor? It's like a thing that people... The ADs say... On... I'd rather talk about this than Talking Heads. <laughs> Did I make it up? Sometimes no, you probably I didn't. make I... things up. What is, um, is it? A, it's like a, a term. It's like sort of when like they're the, like, uh, "We're at the second to last shot." Yeah, is oh, the Abby okay. Minor? Yeah, yeah. They, oh, yeah. I read an article about this. It's based no, you on. Did not. It's based on really. Someone. Yeah, it's yeah, based yeah. on I think Abby Minor. Yeah, a person named Abby Minor who I forget exactly why. Because it was like a famous first AD back in the day who would always say it was the last shot. What's the but last was, shot called? The martini? The martini. So he right. would be mis- he, so he, he would, would be always mistaken. say Yeah, so he would always say, All right, guys, it's the martini. And then they would do the shot and then they'd be like, He'd go, We got one more sorry, shot. We got one more shot. We got so one they more shot. The Abbey Minor? That's so they hilarious. call the second to last shot the Abbey Minor. I love that. Okay, I didn't make that up. I like That's it. That's true. I, um, I don't think I've ever heard that. What do we think? I forgot it. What do we um, think of Bill? Does anyone care about Bill? No. Okay. Let's hear Cool Water. This is the final track. This is Cool Water by Talking Heads. Oh, boy. Jeez. song continues all right that's a good enough taste um how do we feel about naked guys well wasn't sax and violins on no one version of the album well it's on the reissue sax and violins was uh put out four years later for the uh sand in the vaseline we'll talk about that in our next segment um but it was it was recorded in the same sessions they just uh did overdubs four years later because this came out, what, in 88, 89? We've, we've talked about it at length. March 15, 1988, I was at a Shakey's buffet eating <laughs> no, chicken that. and mojo potatoes. I remember you at Shakey's, um, but then Just they reissued the it in 91. They No, they, they reissued, they did a, a reissue campaign probably in like 2007 or something like that, where they did a bunch of bonus tracks and stuff like Saxon that. Saxon violence wasn't much better as far as I... No, it's not. We'll listen to that in our next segment. Busy, what do we think about the album Naked? What about sax and violins, though? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Busy, what do you think of sax and violins? (laughs) I mean, it does sound like sex and violence every time you say it. Sex and violence? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sex and violence. Sex and violence. Mm-hmm. All right, look, we're obviously not interested in talking about no, this no, no. record. What, we want to talk about sax and violins. 
it's a lot of skippable things. Yeah. But I'm happy to have nothing but flowers. Happy to have the hits. Yeah, that's. If it, it, was it all worth hits. it if we got nothing but fl- flowers out of it? Probably. And, yeah, and maybe like blind for the American Utopia. Totally nude. Yeah, yeah. But those, but those ones in that front, minus maybe number four. Those ones do in I the feel, front. Do I feel like it was worth the thirteen ninety nine I spent on it back in nineteen eighty eight? Probably not. I wish it were an EP. I think it's an EP. We should tell yeah. them. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think it sounds like David Byrne, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, mostly, I think it sounds like him. Ag- agreed Even on all counts. Agreed I think on all when counts. When I first got it, I was so excited that I listened to the entire thing a bunch before I finally faced up to the fact that it was half shit. It's the Phantom Menace effect. Yes. Essentially, like you're so excited for it to come out and then you listen to it a lot and then you're like, you know what? I'm just not enjoying it. And then you never listen to it again. It's like side two of uh, All That You Can't Leave Behind. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, this has been amazing, Busy. Uh, Can you name your favorite Talking Heads record? Well, it's so hard for me because I do. I'm not. Here's the thing. I'm like really... It's definitely naked. Um, no, I would say that I'm like, I'm, you know, generation of of mixtapes. And so like, even now, I feel like yeah. I make playlists right. and I put, I just aggregate all of the things. But I also do, I also do a random shuffle, which is how I come to love songs that aren't normally like the ones that stick out right away songs that are like deep cuts that are deep buried cuts. deep in an album suddenly it'll come up on random shuffle and you'll be like paying attention to it in a yes. way that you wouldn't like, normally yes i don't know saxon violin something like that <laughs> <laughs> you love that song adam i really don't <laughs> yeah i don't know why you're fixated on it it's not very good um busy we want to thank you for being on the yeah, show thank you. Um, oh, you guys. amazing to have you and um I feel like we really got through a lot. We really did. We really worked yeah. out some some shit and mm-hmm. we found out when you voted. Uh you voted for uh, George W. Bush in 2000 and you were <laughs> one of the people who sent him straight to the White House. So congratulations. I actually almost got turned away because I had made a t-shirt with iron on letters that said uh Gore rules, Bush drools. And they, <laughs> and I thought it was so fucking funny. And they were like, that's campaigning. That's yeah, electioneering. You're not allowed, you're not allowed you to have do to, that. Do they make you turn it inside out or what'd you do? I think I had a like hoodie Sweatshirt. with like, yeah. yeah, I think I had a hoodie tied you around just my took waist. took it off because you don't care about being naked. Yeah, exactly. That's actually probably true. No, it was at a school. I would have gotten arrested. Hmm. <laughs> In any case, Pleasure having you as our co-host on our final episode. Um, so and if thrilled. we ever do another episode, you have to be on it because you are one of the official hosts. So I'm so excited. Thank you. So uh, uh, appreciate you being on. And Thank you, um, we're going to take a break, but actually we're coming back because Adam and I need to wrap it all up and we need to uh, rank our Talking Heads records. Mm. We are going to be right back with more you talking talking heads to my talking head thank you busy phillips we will be right back after this
Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome back. You talking, talking heads to my talking head. And that busy Phillips, huh? Truly a delight. Delightful person. All right. We need to uh, uh, do what we always do when we have a final episode of any of our shows. And we need to rank the albums. Yeah, we need to rank all the uh, the talking heads. And we need to talk about it. our rankings. We have, um, we're going to rank their eight studio albums. But uh, we also wanted to include Stop Making Sense in it as well. So we have we have nine we are not including the name of this band as Talking Heads. Um, so By the we're way, just really yeah. quick. That David Byrne song from Something Wild, I can't find it on. Uh, it's called Loco de Amor. You can't find it on your Apple Music, really. Gee, I wonder why you should have a copy of it at home. Because it takes up so much space. Wait, is Loco de Amor? Oh no, I have that. Never mind. Let's, let's hear a little bit of it. Yeah, because it, it it did come out. Uh, it's with Celia Cruz. And uh, it came out, uh, I believe... They put it on his first solo album. Yeah. But uh, it did come out in uh, 86 when uh, Something Wild came out. And it's over the opening titles. Yeah. And uh, it's a great song. And it kind of is this, you know, the similar vibe to a lot of Naked. All right. So we have... Nine records that we're going to rank, and you and I have not talked about our rankings, and we're nope. gonna we're gonna do them in descending order, uh, from going down from nine, and uh, we're gonna see how our rankings match each other's. Let's hear a little bit of this. this is such a so good song. Great. It's so much if like this naked, had been crazy. yeah, if this had been on Naked, along you know if like Naked had been ten songs like this and. Nothing but flowers and everything. I think I would have liked it better. Yeah. All right. Let's rank it. Let's go to number nine. Uh, Adam, what do you have as your number nine album? What's your least favorite Talking Heads record? My least favorite Talking Heads record is Naked, even though it has a couple what I think are classics on it. It's just a tough album. My number nine is Naked. Yeah. As well, just one I cannot get into. Yeah. Um, we but, agree on that. But Nothing But Flowers, Totally yes. Nude. I like four of the songs. Blind, Mr. Jones, great songs. Yeah, great songs. All right, so number eight. Adam, what do you have as number eight? Number eight for me is 77. 77, interesting. I have True Stories. Yeah. True Stories is my number eight. Yeah. The last two records don't really feel like Talking Heads records to me all that much. 77 is incredible, uh, but I'm basing this more on what I... When you said more on, you got it right. (laughs) All right. What's your number seven? (laughs) Number seven. More story, more songs about buildings and food. More songs about buildings and food. My number seven is, and this might be controversial, Remain in Light. Whoa. Yeah. I've never loved that album. 
Interesting. I uh, again some good songs on it, but I don't I don't know that I like the Talking Heads jamming style of putting an album together as much as I like uh-huh. songwriting David Byrne songwriting uh, albums. By the way, I don't really buy that about Naked. I feel like that's something they said because they had nothing to say. Like Naked doesn't sound like jams. No, well, I, I did I read mean, a maybe couple of books about it, and they, and they were like, we we. We didn't tell them the musicians had total freedom because we had no lyrics or no song structure. So they just played whatever and we edited it together later. Huh. So I don't know. Interesting. It kind of seems like that to me because they just had a bunch of like grooves and came back and Mr. Burns had run out of juice. Yeah, maybe you're came right. to, like there's just no, no real yeah, form I don't know. to it. Um, all right. What's your number six? Number six, true stories. True stories. My number six is more songs about buildings and food, mm. which is your number seven. Interesting. So on true the verge s- of interesting. Okay. True, s- true Stories is my number six. I okay. love so many of those songs. I may need, I probably should have put it higher actually. Maybe. All right. What's your number five? Number five is Little Creatures. That is my number five as well. Wow. Smack dab in the middle of their discography. I love it. Obviously we talked about it due to nostalgia, but I, I and maybe I even like it more than a number five, but I admit it isn't good as as good as the other record. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it means it marks the time more succinctly yeah. for us. All right, what's your number four? Number four is Remain in Light. All right, I have number four, Speaking in Tongues. Interesting, okay. Speaking okay. in Tongues is my number four. I think that's odd, but okay. Okay. I think Speaking in Tongues is... Better than a number four, you think? Number four, yeah. All right. Uh, What's your number three? Number three is Fear of Music. Fear of Music. I have 77. I just, I love 77. That's one of my favorites. I, again, I listen to it over and over, listen to it on the way to Arizona on long car trips to my grandparents. It's great. I I really love that one. All right. Number two for you. If I had to guess, number two is speaking in tongues, right? Oh, did I already say Fear of Music for number three? Yeah. Okay. Fear of Music uh, was my very favorite for a period of time. I love that. Mm-hmm. But now okay. you have a new number two. Number two. My new number two is Speaking in Tongues. My number two is Fear of Music. Ah. Yes. Which means great. our number one, we share a number one and a number nine. We sure do. Stop Making Sense is, I mean, you just can't beat it. It's like a broken drum. We share number five, too. Oh, that's right. Wow. So we share the the our top, our middle, and our uh, uh, worst, and the others are all kind of mixed up in there. Yeah. But boy, it's stopped making sense. I mean, this is an incredible band. They they have nine albums, probably seven. Seven six are, or six or six seven are, of them Six are, are classics. Right. Yeah. And two of them are great, and one is poor. Yes, that's yeah. a pretty good. Uh, that's, track I mean, better than anything I've ever done in my life, um, including this show. Um, what? <laughs> so let's let's talk. We've been talking about Talking Heads' story. Let's kind of wrap it up. Um, yeah. So Naked comes out, doesn't do well. It doesn't. No, I think it went gold. Is that right? Let me go down to certifications. Not like they were like it really went gold out there promoting it or anything. I believe what uh, uh, Little Creatures went double platinum. 
True Stories went platinum, I believe, and this went gold. So like ha- they're, they're selling half as much every single time. Sure. Let me just make sure about True Stories. Did it go platinum? It No, it only went gold. Wow. So double platinum to gold to gold. So not... Uh, uh, not horrible, but not you know not what people kind of expected from from Talking Heads, and they're not touring. Mr. Burns refuses to tour. He's he he says he doesn't want to do anything that isn't going to be as good as Stop Making Sense. At one point, I think he suggests, "Hey, what if we got uh, actors to come out in between songs and put on plays?" And the rest Ooh. of the band's like, "What, dude? We just <laughs> we need to make money. <laughs> we need like let's go out and tour." He won't do it. I, I did read, uh, talking about what we were talking about last week, that he considered himself more to be a filmmaker at this point oh, and boy. not a musician, and he didn't really feel the need to go out on stage anymore. Aye, aye, aye. So around this but, point- since he has most songwriting credit, he was making the most money, so he didn't. He probably didn't yeah. need to tour. And the other people were like, we just bought houses, we yeah. need some money, can we tour? He says no. Um, George Harrison- he around this time he warns Mr. Burns. He says, "Hey man, you're not gonna like going solo because right now you can put out your solo records and everyone goes like, oh, that's cool. Wow, what a cool change of pace.' But once that's all you do, yeah, they're first of all the fact your solo records get attention right now because of Talking Heads. You know, like oh, you're yeah. the guy from Talking Heads. Oh, let's pay attention to a solo record. Once Talking Heads goes away, you're now the solo artist. Just you, buddy." And he goes, he goes, all the focus will go on how good those are or aren't. And if they're not good, then And if they're done. not as good as talking heads. Yeah. And Mr. Burns kind of goes, well, I'm going to have to figure that out for myself, I guess. Um, I mean, that's and, a, a common thing with people who break up bands to go solo is they are convinced and there are people in their ear probably telling them that the reason the band is good is because of them. And so they are right. convinced they could go solo and be just. Sometimes it works out for people. Sting, it worked out for him really well. I think Gwen Stefani, it worked out for her even better, maybe. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, obviously, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, it didn't David for talking David Caruso. <laughs> sure. His, his band was amazing. Yeah. Um, so then right after Naked comes out, um, weirdly enough, Mr. Burns wins an Oscar. He wins an Academy Award for uh score for the last emperor oh wow and uh he's one of the people i think ryuichi sakamoto is the main guy who did the last emperor uh-huh. but he did like one song and chris farts in his book says that mr burns told him that all he did was hire an arranger to orchestrate a traditional chinese song and he got an oscar for it wow but uh mr burns is uh on his way to the egot because yeah, I think really. he has a Grammy, right? So I think he has uh He'll get a Tony now, next year or this year. Maybe, yeah. He'll probably, yeah. So all he needs to do is win. And he might win- uh, An Emmy uh, for it. An Emmy well. for it. Yeah. So he might be wow. our next EGOT winner. That's crazy. So then uh, a few years later, they are, start to put out a compilation, a two CD compilation called Sand in the Vaseline. And they need to come up with new material for that. So what they did was- they took four songs that they had lying around from the Naked Sessions and one from the, um, the Sessions for – no, not True Stories, for uh, Speaking in Tongues. And they did a little extra work on them and they put them out. And 
We've been talking about it for now, probably an hour. Adam has really wanted to hear it. Sex and let's, violence. Let's hear this song. This is sex and violence. This was also on the um, Until the End of the World soundtrack. I was so into the Till the End of the World soundtrack. Yeah, it was pretty good. Never saw but the movie. I never got into this song. Yeah, it's not what you want to hear from a Talking Head song. I love the version of Until the End of the World on that and uh, Fretless, that Yeah, that R.E.M. R-E-M song. song. Yeah, that's a great song. This is like a an outtake, for sure. Feels like. Uh, they also did, uh, let's hear the other three from the Naked Sessions, because we, we heard Popsicle, I believe, when we did the Speaking in Tongues record. Uh, this is Gangster of Love by Talking Heads. That's some red Tina Verimuth playing. Yeah. Kind of like this. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of goes nowhere. Okay, this is a lifetime piling up. This is the third outtake that ended up on sand from the Vaseline. So did they get back together to finish these? I feel like they must have just done overdubs, you know, like by themselves or something, just kind of cleaning it up. I have tried marijuana, I get nervous every time. There will come a knocking at the door. Why is everybody making eyes at me? I don't want to know. This, by the way, comes out in 1992 when people are listening to grunge. Mainly. Yeah. I remember this. Oh, good. No, but I remember it was kind of a big deal that they were putting out a, a best of. I remember I was in Santa Maria and I got, I remember getting it and reading it at my day job when I worked at Dean Witter, the investment firm. And I'm um, just like reading How the liner notes. There? I worked there all summer. I had a great boss who, who essentially contacted our theater school and said, hey, I'm, I'm looking for an actor to do telemarketing. And my job was to cold call people in town and say like, hey, are you interested in investing? We have a great investment rate Yeah. right now. I didn't know anything about it. And then went, hand them off to someone. Who and then put doing. them on. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and she just essentially let me write plays all day. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was really nice. In any case, I remember reading the. Uh, I like the that song. That's OK. Yeah. They also did one last song. They released one last outtake on the box set, the Once in a Lifetime box set. This is called In Asking Land. They put this out a few years after Sand in the Vassal. What box set? The Once in a Lifetime box set, the horizontal one. You know how box sets are taller than they are wide, usually? 
They put out a box set that was wider than it is tall. It's sort of like a long, thin book. And it was a three-CD box set, and they had... This was one of the only outtakes. This is the thing. All these outtakes from Naked, none of them sound like Talking Head songs. No, not really. Now, what's the Speaking in Tongues one? I don't remember that from when we did Speaking in Tongues. That was called Popsicle. And let me play a little bit of it. And that's on Sand in the Vaseline. That is on Sand in the Vaseline. It's, uh, is it on any of their, I don't think it's on the um, Speaking in Tongues reissue. Were they remastered, these songs? Or I could not tell you. Uh, anything like about their mastering the... process. No, but I mean, like, what was... I guess it was, like, four new songs. See, this is more Talking Heads. Yes, know? for sure. That's right. I like this. Yeah, so this is this is Sand in the Vaseline. This was the last song on Sand in the Vaseline. Yeah, that's good. Um. So then right around Sand in the Vaseline, Chris Fartz is sitting around at home. Fiddling with his drumsticks, probably. And uh, he gets a call from a journalist uh, who is doing a story on Talking Heads who wants to confirm that Talking Heads have broken up. Um, because that's what Mr. Burns has said oh, in, okay. the, in the interview. And that's news to him. But, of course, they hadn't you know seen him in years. And they, he hadn't wanted to tour or make another record. So they just kind of assumed it. But this was, you know, Mr. Burns had never come out and said it before. Right. So they are broken up, um, and they uh, go on to do various things. George Harrison, of course, uh, Traveling Wilburys, has a number one hit, I believe, with Got My Mind Set on You. Yeah, the Beatles got back together, too. <clears throat> Beatles got back together for the anthology, um, but he also went on to produce um, some really big records of the 90s. He produced Live. Uh, mm -hmm. He produced Crash Test Dummies, and he produced No Doubt. So he had a pretty amazing production, uh, among uh, like a lot of other records. He Which became a No really, Doubt did he produce? He did, He definitely did New, that song from Go, the movie Go. Yeah. So he didn't do a full album, I, I don't believe, but he did that single. Okay. So, and then uh, Chris Fartz and Tina. Chris Fartz and Tina, they they still are in the Tom Tom Club. They've put out records uh, for you know several records. They still tour. They right they did a, a, a also became kind of hot producers. They produced Ziggy Marley, his biggest mm -hmm. record. Uh, they produced the Happy Mondays, which there's a whole chapter in Chris Fartz's oh, yeah, book about the great. Happy Mondays producing them out in Jamaica and how crazy that got. I really do for the amount of like shit we gave that book. There are some incredible stories in there. Yeah. Including Ziggy Marley, Happy Mondays, right? Tons of Talking Heads they, ones, they, of course. Yeah, they worked with a bunch of great people, and uh, so I, we don't want to spoil the stories for you, but uh, read that book. There's some really interesting stuff. And then they, the three of them, George Harrison, Chris, and Tina, got back together to make a record called The Heads, right? Which um, that was the band name, The Heads, and George Harrison talked about it on the the episode we did with him, where. He felt like they shouldn't call it the heads. He thought it should be No Talking Just Head, which is what they called the that was the, the name album. of the record. Yeah. 
Um, but it got them into hot water with Mr. Burns, who then wanted to sue them because of uh, confusion with talking heads. And uh, that record uh, is not good. I have never listened to it. It's, they, it doesn't sound it, anything like Talking Heads. It's, it's just all new songs. It's all it's it not only is it new songs, but it is uh different singers for each song. Oh so you I have remember this. Michael Hutchins uh doing one of the songs. You have uh Jeanette Napolitano does a couple. I think she even toured with them and the uh, guy you have from Debbie, Live too. Right? Debbie Harry, Maria McKee from Lone Justice. You're uh, the band you love. Oh, Sean Ryder from Happy Mondays. The guy from Live, uh, Gordon Gano of Violent Femmes, who also was produced by George Harrison. Andy Partridge of XTC does a song. Um, but the album's just not, in my opinion. Do you want to hear any of it? Yeah, I remember they. Do you want to hear the single, or too. do you want to hear? Do you want to hear like a regular song? Let's hear the single. Okay, so the single was called Damage I've Done. This is 1996. So this is four years or so after they broke up. So this is mid-90s, by the way, when all music had to sound aggressive and hard. Yeah, and the album cover looks like a Talking Heads album, too, which is kind of lame. Has the same font as 77. Yeah. Has the same color scheme as 77. I mean, I get it. I'm sure it's frustrating. They probably want yeah, to. Yeah, they're, they're a good band, and just because the main guy wants to quit. But they only put out one album, right? Yeah, and it did not set the world no. on fire. Who Gavin Friday does a song? Yeah, Gordon from Virgin Prunes. Yeah, I mentioned. Do they him. do covers on here? Mm, I don't think any of these are covers. No, I think they're all new songs. This also doesn't sound like Talking Heads. Like they're not the funk based. Is this damage I've done? Yeah. This is Johnette uh, Napolitano of Concrete Blonde. Let's wait for the chorus and then dip. It's this very is, 90s, yeah. Yeah, this is post Nine Inch Nails. It's just not what you want to hear. Let's hear "No More Lonely Nights" uh, by uh, by Paul McCartney. No, by uh, oh, okay, the Heads <laughs> with um, uh, now this who who sings this? this is Malin Anateg. I, yeah, I, don't I don't know, know that, that name, is. but let's uh, let's hear it. What about, about uh, Only the Lonely with Gordon Gano? All right, all right. You know, you can listen to this at home. I know. <laughs> Sounds sort of talking headsy. This is a little talking headsy. Yeah. 
Wait until he starts singing, though. Oh! A little loose, though, for Talking Heads. And Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan? Is that what he said? Yeah. Let's hear the Andy Partridge song, because I'm a big Andy Partridge fan. Of course, Talking Heads toured with XTC, so that's where they know him from. I mean, I like XTC. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the Heads song kind of maybe put the nail in the coffin in terms of their relationship with yeah. Mr. Burns. He was not happy about it. Um, of course, they did get together a couple more times. They did the press conference for the Stop Making Sense DVD when it came out. We talked about that with George Harrison, uh, yeah. where where Mr. Burns wouldn't even look at the other two, <laughs> and and George Harrison was sitting in between them. So crazy. Um, and then they... Uh, they, uh, Mr. Burns obviously did a bunch of solo records, kind of, uh, of varying degrees of quality. Some are great, some are not so great. Um, but the, the very last time they all got together as the Talking Heads was in 2001, uh, 2001, uh-huh. for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This was 25 years after their debut. 1976 was when they came out as a band and they put out their first single. First year they were eligible. Uh, They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And when a band is inducted, they have the opportunity to play together and they chose to play together. Yeah. The Ramones also were inducted. And uh, uh, unfortunately, they didn't play because uh, 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 I think Johnny had just passed away. Joey Um, was dead. And I think Joey, yeah. So Green Day played instead. But um, Talking Heads played, uh, all four of them played for the last time as a band together. Um, They sounded pretty good. They sounded good. Chris uh, writes a lot about uh, all the food that was served there. (laughs) And and then we don't want to spoil his book, but the last, I mean, um, the last thing he, he, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the last thing in Chris's book. And the end is just brutal <laughs> um, very weird um, so read the book it's just uh it's it's rough um but uh one other thing that uh, happened at the rock and roll hall of fame is uh, they were inducted by uh you know every every band gets inducted by um like a more current rock star who's on the yeah. charts currently who has some sort of like connection and, and they usually don't get to pick that person. The rock and roll hall of fame picks. No, the rock and roll hall of fame picks them. Uh Um, and the band was inducted by Anthony Kiedis. Oh, right. That's cool. And that does it for us. We'll see, uh, next time. Thanks for listening to you talking, talking heads to my talking head. We'll see you next time. And until then, we hope that you found, what you're looking for bye good app yeah it was very good that was good um but uh speaking of anthony kiedis we're here of course welcome back to are you talking rhcp Remi? and uh i think when we left off we were just about to talk about the uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' second album, which was, of course, the Uplift 
mofo party plan. And let's oh, just kind of right. take you through uh, everything they did. Let's see. They they put out the Uplift mofo party plan. Uh, Hillel Slovak died. Uh, John Frusciante joined. They put out uh, Mother's Milk. And then Blood Sugar Sex Magic was really big. Um, and then John Frusciante leaves the band and Dave Navarro joined. Um, they put out One Hot Minute. And then Dave Navarro left and John Frusciante rejoined the band. They put out Californication. They put out By the Way. They put out Stadium Arcadium. John Frusciante left again and Josh Klinghoffer joined. And then they put out I'm With You and The Getaway. They got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, Josh Klinghoffer is one of the youngest guys to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until this year. And uh, then uh, they get back with John Frusciante and they kick Josh Klinghoffer out. And that brings us up to date. Cool. So that's going to do it for us on uh, Are You Talking RHCP Remi? We hope that you've enjoyed um, the show and uh, yeah. hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And um, we are going to see you next time. And until then, Adam, hey, it's been a blast doing this uh, during yeah, quarantine with you. Long journey here. Long journey, but I wouldn't have uh, it any other way. Uh, really appreciate you doing it. I hope you have a good holiday. And uh, our, you thanks, too, man. our thanks to Kevin. Uh, thanks to you, buddy. And uh, hope you have a good holiday. You've been an uh, integral part of this show here with us. So I uh, really appreciate all of your hard work. Absolutely. Uh, we will see you on uh, whatever show we do in the future. And until then, we hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.